online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. I'm not live. This is a pre-recorded show, but I am in London. And what a show it's going to be. It's going to be fantastic. Later on, we've got all manner of guests coming up. The Yvonne Tease is going to be on the show. Waterman out of Stock, Aitken and Waterman's going to be here. We've got Waterman, Stock and Aitken. You never really hear of them anyway. Mr G, Poet Laureate of the show. He will be summarising the show at the end. And also, Noel Gallagher will be on the show. Who's not here is Matt Morgan because he's in Los Angeles holiday in loafing about convalescing do things that you would typically associate with matt morgan so that is a bit disappointing but you know in a situation like that you need to react and react with some kind of candor insight and promotional acumen that is why i sat down next to me looking baffled and bemused is perhaps the hottest sexiest broadcaster in the united kingdom simon amstel gosh that's your introduction, Simon. Hello. Thank you so much for agreeing at short notice to come and do this radio show, the Russell Brand Radio Show, BBC Radio 2, pre-recorded in this instance, with me. Well, thank you for asking me. It's an honour to be here. <laughs> <laughs> do you genuinely feel honoured? Well, certainly, uh, yeah, and persuaded. Mostly I feel persuaded because to be here. Mm, initially you said no. Yeah. You said, no, I don't want to, I don't do things like that, as if you were some kind of untouchable Howard Hughes. And you actually even said, I'm a recluse. I did say I'm a recluse, because that's what, I was, uh, that's what I've been going for in my career. Well, like many I recluses, Simon <laughs> hosts a popular quiz. <laughs> No, I thought I'll host the popular quiz. Very kind of you to call it popular, and then and then and then and then go away and then be a recluse for those oh, other he's months. Oh, so mysterious! Yeah, but I've never read anything going mysterious. I know, that's the problem. Is a recluse. I realised I wasn't famous enough to be a recluse. No, I, I went away and no one noticed. <laughs> Where the hell is? Oh no, I've forgotten what I was thinking now. So, but actually, well, this is an opportunity for you to establish yourself as a recluse. I mean, for people to know that you are yes. reclusive. You're I mean, it's still to... sort of radio, and this is. I mean, this is not. It's not like I'm sort of out there presenting yeah. the VMA or something it's still it's still a sort of a, a small it's right a small i thing. hosted the vmas yeah was, yeah yeah know you this it was a right laugh i went really well it was really really difficult yes right. oh, so well because like doing a big corporate gig right because like, one thing right if you are performing to a room full of billionaire pop stars and <laughs> record executives they don't politely go oh well done oh bravo congratulations they just sort of like loaf about sit down sit still play You're on their right. blackberries You're right, right. Best One, to blame the room, I always find in Blame comedy. the room. <laughs> Listen, I'm not blaming anyone. No. Listen, I'm smothering myself in glory. But I will say, Simon, if in your career, if you ever stop being reclusive and decide to host, a, for example, an international music event, be careful before you uh, criticise the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, uh, yeah, you really upset those virgins. Why, they, why would you do that? I don't think that, I don't know if they were personally upset because they've got their Christianity, haven't they? That'll always, you know, sort of hold them together. That's like a, a rod of faith holding them together. But you people on their behalf were not upset. I think you've upset America. I did upset some Americans. It's a good job I didn't say my true feelings about life at them VMAs, which is don't vote for anyone ever. The whole idea of democracy and government is a complete waste of time and a lie. Right? That's my actual views. I toned it down to <laughs> vote for the person that's probably a bit more liberal. But even that, I thought that's what I thought afterwards when I was reading, when I was perusing some of the death threats. I thought, <laughs> it's a good job I didn't say my actual 
actually believe because this would be it would be berserk. And now I have said those things, but like I've said it over here in Blighty, where it's relatively safe. But like uh, yeah, it's worked out quite well. I would re- I would recommend What's my doing role here, By the way, today, what do I do? Am I am I Matt Morgan today? In a way, you're like Sorry Matt to Morgan. Bring it back to me, but you sort of keep going. For I a while, will I? go on about myself. Yeah, like that. Your role will probably be Simon. Listening. It's mainly listening. <laughs> listening. <isn't it? laughs> you're just representative of the average listener, just a bit more reclusive okay. and better paid. <laughs> I would say no, just to do whatever you want. All um, right, okay. I'd like. Well, you're only here. Yeah, let's be honest, as a result of a uh, Gordon Brown, Tony Blair style yes. pact where I've had to agree to go on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. It's not, uh, but I think you've got the better deal. How? Oh, no, well, one, money wise. Yeah, well, that's true. Two, because you're not getting any. <laughs> <laughs> two, uh, you, unlike yeah. me, who's very much a recluse. Oh, so, oh, you think Simon Amstel, immediately I think this. First, I think gay, right? <laughs> then I think Jewish. <laughs> then I think reclusive. Then I think get him on the show. <laughs> like, that is literally my chain of but thought. But this is because you are, a, you know, homophobic, anti-Semitic, uh, narrow-minded. I'm a little bit anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that out in a minute. I'm not anti-Semitic or anti-gay. Simon did make me, like, when I wrote my biography, I was, oh, there's a bit where I mentioned Simon, I went, my beautiful gay friend. He goes, why are you saying gay? That's not like, you know, why would you say that? It's a genetic thing. You might as well say brown-eyed. So I had to change it. So, so in my bookie book, it says, my beautiful brown-eyed friend Simon Amstel to appease him yeah that's, and, that's my favorite my favorite page of the book well, because you're mentioned in it <laughs> yeah. in a stupid way that doesn't make sense now for all the other people that read that book well, I think the title of the book is sort of <laughs> <laughs> already their preconceptions of what literature should mean anyway what are we talking about uh, so the Buzz deal Cox, the deal the, the Buzzcocks you're deal, doing an episode of Buzzcocks but you tend to do things anyway hey I don't do I'm a recluse <laughs> when I'm not out there doing the V um, I feel like if you know you will do everything anyway. If we had not had you on the series of Buscocks, that would have been an exclusive. <laughs> exclusive, Russell Brand, <laughs> not whoring himself on panel quiz show. I've only done one other panel quiz show or two. Of, you know, I saw your friend uh, Ian um, Hislop. Ian Hislop last night. I love that guy. I, saw, <laughs> I met him and he. Uh, I said, <laughs> I didn't know what to say because I recognised him and he sort of knew I was. I guess. Yeah. And I, was, I just went, "Oh, we're panel show friends." <laughs> I didn't know you what to say. Well, I I know. Oh, we're panel show oh, friends. Like, oh, we're sort of both on the thing. Did you anyway. embarrass Hislop? No, I didn't know. Why? What did it, what, you hate him, don't you? Why do you hate him so much? Like, no, I don't hate him. I don't deal in hatred. I think it's a, an unnecessary. Do you love thing. him? No, it's more closer to hate than love. <laughs> But like, no, it's just like, because when I'd done that show, it was a bit like a snickery little nit sat next to me. Like, <laughs> like that. that was, I could characterise him like, <laughs> just a little nasal snuffle, like a, a gnomish, asthmatic little worm. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's all, I mean, I've got nothing against him, but I sort of think, you know, <laughs> but like, you just think like, cheer up, mate, stop taking like, they have to take life seriously. Like, have I got news for you? Maybe sort of all anarchic and avant-garde. And like, I did, like, there's one bit I had to go to the lavvy. It was as if someone had been stabbed in the windpipe. You know what I mean? So, like, I just genuinely need to go to the loo. I'm not trying to be John Lydon. I just like, happen to have drunk too much water because I drink a lot of caffeine, so I drink a lot of water as well because I think, oh no, I don't have too much caffeine, so I need a wee all the time, really. I need one now. Doesn't mean I'm trying to overthrow the government, not this government, but in America, <laughs> walls are going to come tumbling down. Yeah, so like, I've got nothing against Islop, really. It's just he was a bit like, I think if you go on someone's show, right? Look at me now. I'm yes. being accommodating and nice. What about when you've done that Focus 12 charity fundraiser gig, which you were brilliant? What about the intro I'll give you? Oh, Simon Amstel. Yeah, well, that was a nice introduction. What would have been nicer was mm. 
was you asking me to do the gig rather than assuming I was definitely free. Yeah, and, 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 and advertising <laughs> and it on the radio. And on the radio for like a month. Yeah. And then somebody finally tells me that I'm doing this gig. I don't that, know if I was just supposed to li- listen to this radio show just in case I've got a gig. I do, I do assume that people listen to the show. I mean, it's a real hit. Simon will surely pick up just from the general vibe. Oh, no, but Simon's so reclusive. He won't touch the radio. He thinks that's a tool of the state. Simon and still sat at home. Uh, like, while we're discussing reclusiveness, right, I've got quite a claim to being a recluse because I... <laughs> read something in the Daily Mail recently. Mm. Let's get that article up. Like I have been told, this is what I've been told, is if ever you get any negative press, just rise above it, ignore it. But I find it so hard to do that. Because I... there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to start ignoring my own mother. <laughs> Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah, that's like... <laughs> but I get so engaged by it because yes. I'm a deeply solipsistic, self-involved person. Yep, if yep. someone says something negative, I think, well, I'm going to react to that. I'll have a go at that. But, like, but also you, you, you're empowered once you've reacted to it. Once you've said something on the radio. That's I think you're a bit empowered. Howard, mm. But are you? I mean, like, you know, cause you sort of perhaps you should coast above it, float, you know, a little bit above it. A lot but, of actors say they don't read their reviews, but I think they're, they're liars, aren't it. they? I love reading anything about me. I'd rather <laughs> read something negative about me than something positive about anything else. Uh, if you want to text the show, don't because it's pre recorded and you might as well yeah, just take about 20p and just fright. The show is being pre recorded because Simon Amstel's got a family commitment. Yeah, it's my grandpa's birthday this evening, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't miss that. That's a shame, really. Because it would have been bad if I did, like there was a moment where I thought, well, you know, because my mum would go, well, of course you should go with Russell Brand and do whatever, and because your career, it's your career, right. you know, because everything is more, everything is is nothing is nothing is more important than, than me being on television. That's really important to the to point mind. that I don't feel I can ever leave show business yeah. voluntarily. Because uh, otherwise my mother, mother will have nothing to talk to me about. There'll just be nothing. There'll be nothing. In a way, it might make her feel better about you being a gay lad. Like, oh, at least look, you know what? <laughs> you know what, Russell Brand? Number one is yeah. 2008, not 1970, Jim Davison. <laughs> I watched a show about Jim Davison recently while I was actually being reclusive. And uh, it made me think, oh, poor Jim Davison, he can't help it. He's just a bloke from Elephant and Castle. And we all had a bit of a go at him. And like, he probably, you know, racism and that, he can't help it. Just sit down, explain to him, stop worrying, Jim, about whether people are gay or black or whatever. Come and have a cuddle. It'd be right as rain. That's yes. my advice. Well, you should take your own advice <laughs> and stop narrow-minding. Putting <laughs> <laughs> people in boxes for your own comedy. Uh... Yeah. But you do that, though. Like with, Go on. Say Vanessa Feltz or something. You put her in a little box, didn't you? I didn't, didn't say, oh, you Jew. Yeah, because you are Jewish. Otherwise, you'd have been all over it. You'd have been all over I like Goebbels. If I wasn't Jewish, I would have gone, hey, Jew, what are you doing on this show? <laughs> Look at that. We can just say it because it's Jewish. Oh, my God. I can say, hey, it's Jew. Nice, isn't it, the word mm. Jew? I do quite like it. And I'm, I'm a little bit fascinated by uh, Judaism in general and do fancy Jewish women, like, say, two women of equal have you had value. Sex with Vanessa Feltz? No, I haven't. What? No. And if you've seen her daughters. <laughs> uh, like, like that would though. Uh, not necessarily Vanessa Phelps, but like uh, someone from her gene pool or her direct descendants. Like, because she's got a couple of daughters. Lovely they are. Buxom, busty girls. We've sort of moved. You can't edit this, can you? It's a you shame. You can edit that if was you a, like. Okay, maybe you lose that bit. No, leave it. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Just talking about people's boobs. All right, so Go you on. said, like, before we came in here, Simon goes, Oh, can you not? Don't make every punchline gay. He's like trying to, you know, it's not like it's a punchline, it's just a it's reference a punchline. point. It's not a reference point. 
And now I've got now now you've got. To I'm reduced having to make a point about gayness. <laughs> I don't even mean like you're a complex what I'm saying man. Is that is we ridiculous. are beyond these labels in 2008. Yes, these of course. These are just labels. I know we are, but like I, I agree with you entirely and wholeheartedly. But sort of my priority is just say stuff that's funny and like sort of if that stuff happens to be a bit anti-American <laughs> or anti-gay, I'll probably still say it anyway, just for a laugh, just to like you know like sort of without getting all any Bruce about it, like by attacking them labels now. Now, G, of course, he's like, well, I had a good chat with him about the N-word once. He said, there isn't no, like, because I goes, oh, what about the sort of Lenny Bruce edict of, like, we should all say, like, mm-hmm. the N-word to, 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 to devalue it and take away its taboo potency? He goes, yeah, but would it be a better world if we can all go around calling each other honkies, gays, N-words, whatever? Would it make the world better? And I said... Well, it would certainly be rather kinky. I reduced it, as you might expect, to sex. And actually, it wouldn't be a better world. So, But that way, wouldn't be the world, because we'd all get bored of it. Mm, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the case? Well, let's, let's find out with our new item. Us <laughs> using taboo words for ages! <laughs> all over the radio. No, of course, that's also, not Also, you've done another thing there. you just what spoken to your black friend to decide yeah. what the opinion is on the one thing. Yeah, it's but like what, you can't just, just talk to one person. I don't, that's not all I talk about. To, gee, I I don't, it is. That's uh, the first time you brought him up. Up. Suddenly you've got a, I, I've talked to you about Poet Laureate. Oh, at the beginning, that goes Poet Laureate. The show. It's like, he's always the poet. Now okay. suddenly a black thing comes up. Oh, we've got G in the corner. Thank goodness. We can discuss this with some merit. Gay items, Simon. <laughs> Jewish items, Simon. Black items, G. Sex addict items, me. Drug addict items, me. It's just at least simply a reference point. I don't think that yeah, we should give it any more... Sex that. and drug addict, these are aspects of personality. And quite no, no, no. They are genetic conditions. Ah, right. That's it. You <laughs> Absolutely, you bloody gay! You've you've done it now. You have disgraced me. Addiction is a genetic condition. That some say. So, like some would say, that is like the colour of the eyes or being a bit gay or whatever is the same sort of thing. Being yeah. a junkie. Some would Put, argue. Putting that. the word "some would say" before any sentence is a very good way of saying anything. Well, wait, wait. some would say. <laughs> some would say that Russell Brand shouldn't have his own radio show, and he's really a rebel. I'm a pretty rebel, dangerous. Rebel. Yeah. Did you like the way I started the show yeah, with? Yeah. Uh, America, Rebel Rebel, yeah, Very did you clever. get the point? I'm so I went rebellious. to America. And I'm a rebel. <laughs> Do you see? That can, I can use music to illustrate my own life. <laughs> now the theme tune to Henry's Cat, which doesn't really represent the way I live. <laughs> right, so uh, later on the show we will be talking to Dita Von Tees, which will be a little bit embarrassing because uh, I met Dita Von Tees in Hollywood a while ago, chatted her up a bit, got her phone number, and like it all looked like I was going to pull her. And then I foolishly, some might argue, phoned her up from this radio show and left a stupid childish answer machine message on her phone, thus jeopardising any actual chance of, you know, sex, really, which was obviously my aim in approaching Dieter and indeed anybody with female genitals. Otherwise, why <laughs> don't look at me all baffled and puzzled by that? Right, go on, tell me what you're thinking. I was, I don't know, I, I sort of zoned out in that sentence and I sort of... <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, no, I was just like... Be reactive! All right, well, it was quite... I was just thinking this sentence sounds like it's coming to... An, it sounds like it ended three yeah. times. You don't want to film too long. <laughs> and you think that's three Simon, endings. don't be destructive. Be constructive. Just Sorry. react to stuff. Sorry, yeah, so... Yeah, so but you're I'm all saying... for post-structuralist kind of, oh, yeah, let's all... <laughs> yeah, but don't do it till the, like, all that's possible is stasis. Let's deconstruct buzzcocks till there's literally no items. Just me with a chair that goes up and down. That was, <laughs> that was, a, that was a moment of YouTube genius. 
<laughs> it was not a moment of YouTube genius. I love that on YouTube. Eventually, you have to commit and have some confidence in what you're doing, even if that I thing no is confidence. a little bit juvenile and silly. I have no confidence in just in talking. Well, you must have, because really, we're yeah. in an endless, nebulous sea of meaninglessness, and we can attribute meaning to whatever you want. So that, you know, so if you can say, oh, this chair going up and down, or the missing word round, or whatever, meaning can be attributed anywhere. And you'll see this when I go on Buzzcocks, introducing my new look. Oh, yeah. Go on, you've got, you've got a month to get it together. Go I'm going to have a whole new look. What's it going to be? I don't know, Jesus or something. Right, so we've got some <laughs> emails here. This one is regarding Wogan. Dear Russell, Matt and G, and of course now by proxy, Simon Amstel. I knew that you and Sir Terry Wogan were friends. Sir Terry Wogan's not knighted, is he? Sir Terry Wogan's been knighted. Bloody hell. You don't, you don't like the this idea? This is his studio. It is, this is where he is. Not like, it's not like it's definitively his, but you, sort of, you would tend to attribute the studio to the most potent broadcasting force that uses it. And that you know, I mean, have to be so Terry Wogan is considered to be you know, something of a legend and blah, 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 yeah. blah. Don't is it... Mm, yeah. Is he? Is it... Well, what is saying? it okay to is... say... <laughs> I've always found him a, a bit boring. Is it okay <laughs> or not? No, no, not you, can, you can say it, but I think he's lovely and he'll try Lovely, I imagine me. he's a lovely guy. <laughs> I'm not saying as a guy. I, me I remember watching his chat show in the 80s mm. and thinking, oh. Yeah, well, that was. Yeah. But it was the 80s and you didn't understand what was going on. You were a child. Why were you even watching yeah. chat shows? But then there was another it's one. Exclusive boy I'm still watching Wogan. I'm just trying to say, you know, often people. Everyone's called a legend now. Oh, you, you iconoclast. Oh. <laughs> I'm bringing down the American government and you've turned <laughs> your focus to Terry Wogan. Hey, guys, have you ever considered perhaps Wogan shouldn't be knighted? Oh, yeah, that's that sacred cow dragged down. Perhaps now gay pride will be a bit more fun now Wogan's been put in his place. Yeah, spokesman for a generation, recluse. Mm. Simon. Very upset. Very upset. <laughs> Coming up over the course of this show, Dee Von Tees will be talking to her and uh, not necessarily sidestepping the issue of me trying to chat her up, but in fact, I think I'm going to confront it head on. People told me that when she was booked for this show, she seemed, and this, isn't, this is what I heard, enthusiastic. Mm. She seemed enthusiastic about coming on this show. Now, what I've done, mm. perhaps this is an example of the way I approach information, is assume that that enthusiasm is her fancying me. Now, it might not be that. She might just love radio. She might just like radio. She might just <clears throat> enjoy the opportunity. I think she's promoting a kind of a bra. So, like, it might be enthusiasm about this kind of bra that what she's kind, promoting. What kind of bra? It's a kind of a bra where the boobs are pushed right up all nice. <laughs> is there a, any better bra? If you're going to have a bra, get one that pushes the boobs up all nice. I really like you. You're such a funny young man. I've known him such a long while. He was all, you were about 16 or something, were you, when I met you? You looked when, it. When we first met, I was oh, more famous you than you. <laughs> Ridiculous, really. What an odd state of affairs. Very that was. odd. Very Simon, because you were doing like T4 type things, were you? Pop world, television's pop world. Lovely you were on that. Thank you very much. That's when you first developed your acerbic, spiteful style of hurting people's it's feelings. It's cheeky and charming. <laughs> cheeky and charming to hurt spiteful. people's feelings no one, get, no one gets hurt <laughs> if they if they realize that they are in fact not uh you know they are just a brand that they themselves have created they're right. not a, they're not you know bloody hell jack derrida <laughs> structuralist are we who's, real? The, who's, the, who's the person who can 
say these things to you when you go, blah, 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 we'll all be dead soon, life has no meaning. Who's the person who goes, oh, books? You can say it if you care, like, anyone. I mean, anyone right. can say it to me. But the thing is, my arguments are brilliantly researched <laughs> and thorough. Yeah. Right, so, uh, okay, well, let's talk about right, things that we'll have to cover over the course of this yes. show. We'll talk about the, our relationship. We'll play a bit of music. Dee Von Tees is going to be on. Now, there was this thing, Chugga Chugga. This is this hit record that we've mm. discovered on this show. Uh, it's this lad, Joby, who used to be my warm-up man. He is the embodiment of idiot joy, Joby, in my view. You know, when he used to do the warm-up for my gigs, he'd just go, Hey, hello, everyone. Okay, all right. Oh, oh, I like round food. You like round food. Oh, discos, yo-yos. Oh, they're nice, aren't they? Oh, hey, what's that coming over the hill? Is it a Russell? Is it a Russell? Here he comes. He's actually Russell. Yeah. And I used to just walk out. People were really upbeat. But it was like, they'd cause such bizarre disorders within people's minds in the room like that actually I could get away with anything and it meant that One Lesser Square was a hit show. Another thing you came on and were quite, quite lovely, weren't you? Only as a pilot, never did the uh, broadcast version. Though. Well, we just... Because uh, I'm it a recluse. Was, it was I'm actually meant to be episode one, Simon, but after we watched your performance, <laughs> <laughs> we can't inflict this on MTV's 19 viewers. Okay, so why don't we, later on, we will be talking to Joby. We are going to make that song Chugga Chugga. Let's have a little listen to a bit of Chugga Chugga so you can understand it because it does induce a kind of madness, a kind of bacchanalian insanity mm -hmm. because it's so sort of jaunty and lovely. Let's have a little listen. Maybe leave our mics up so you can analyse this. So have a, have a listen to this. Okay. Right, this is just, don't judge yourself on this. We played it to Slash and Slash went, yeah, it's happy. Hey there, girl, you're a real cool cat. You got a little bit of this and a lot of that. We all think that you're real neat, so sing along with the chicken chicken beat. Up above, chicken chicken. Dance, have a look at the video cast if you want to know that dance. Please see that code at your pay. This is my favorite bit. There's no meaning. It's just defiance of order, I think. That's what I see in Joby Hart's work. How? Because it doesn't make any sense. Mm. And it's just like, woo! Just someone go woo. Imagine this playing in these situations a funeral. Imagine it playing sort of at a conference where they're talking about the planning of a new car park. Mm. Just nothing will make it, it's disorienting. It makes nothing make sense anymore. And then imagine Joby, his name's Joby, and he looks a bit like a jelly baby. So he, and he's called Joby, jelly baby. So imagine a great big jolly jelly baby doing this. Yeah, it's made, me, it's made me happy. Yeah, you think this is the least acerbic I've ever seen you. You should listen to this before you go on Buzzcocks. It'll just be a celebration of life. That's the, so we get the idea. That's right. So that is Chugga Chugga. Now, what we've decided is to demonstrate sort of some cultural authority mm. is to try and make that a hit record. Do it. Do it. Why not? Will you get behind it, Simon? The sort of thing Chris Moyles would do. Right, and we're going to encourage him to do that. We can call Chris Moyles and say, Chris Moyles, encourage, <laughs> encourage this to become a hit record. That's funny, the way you, you heard Chris Moyles' name. You, the first thing you did is recoil, and then you went, <laughs> yes, we can get Chris Moyles behind this. Is that I don't friend? recoil at Chris Moyles. <laughs> see, that's the thing, right? I'm quite an ex I sort of see, like, I don't sort of like, say Ian Islop, for example, that thing where he sort of thought, oh, God, he wasn't very nice to yes, me on Yes, but that you show. accept him as a human. We're all one, essentially, I understand. And, like, them distinctions are kind of, mean like, sort of meaningless. Like, right. What else is there, there's only distinctions. There's not, there's oneness. Oneness and energy and love and God. 
blah, Don't blah, be blah. cynical about that because I'm that's all cynical. there is. I'm saying we've there heard is it. certain we've cynicism heard it, about God and blah, blah, blah. People don't know it because I think I can engender it in people's consciousnesses. When the UFOs come, it's all happening. It's all being brilliantly prepared. So anyway, but for now, let's just focus on getting sugar, sugar to yes. number one. Yeah. We'll do a revolution at some point. But like, when you know, is this revolution going to happen, Russell? Because you're very I busy with I would say it's probably when I'm sick of fame. Yeah, they probably it'll probably dovetail with the moment that I've finished making Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, uh, I'm doing yeah. a Shakespeare adaptation. That's a lot wonderful, of pressure. Wonderful. Special on Comedy Central. That's got to get out of the way first. Lot of commitments over there. But then the revolution. Then a very definite revolution. Very clear. Right. Okay. I've had my fun. I'm taking my ball in. Stop it, everyone. Put that down. Here's the worry. Mm -hmm. At some point, there'll be a new Russell Brand. Yeah, but and people will go. Why are we listening to the old Russell Brand about this revolution when this guy's got all this these guy's jokes? having such fun? Yeah, what about this guy? Well, hopefully that new. I mean, but what's he going to be like? Could, could we tolerate another one? Are we ready? I'm Simon? not saying like a new you. I'm but saying just that occupies just, that cultural just, space exactly. Yeah, but by, then I'll be a religious leader. It won't, I'll have undermined the concept of celebrity by then. <laughs> I'll have unravelled it. <laughs> celebrity is ultimately meaningless. I've done that now. <laughs> I love you. Okay, if you want to send us an email. Think about yourself because there's no one actually here. You're sending an email to a ghost. You might as well go and stand in a cemetery, get a bit of chalk and write on a gravestone. Come back because there's simply nothing we can do. Don't do that in a graveyard for heaven's sake. That would be a senseless waste of chalk. So, okay, why don't we, we listen to a record? Then we'll get on Joby Hart and we'll talk about that. When it goes to Simon, what record would you like to listen <laughs> The host of popular music show, never mind the Buzzcock. Simon Amster went, nothing. No. Nothing. There's no literally nothing that he wants to leave. got no interest in any... You don't actually... Like, I'm not... Like, sort of, I'm more, much more defined by comedy than music. Like, yeah, sort of, like, yeah. like, if I'm like, alone somewhere, I'll probably put on 40 Towers or Black Adder or something. Right? But or, like, I or do... the VMA. Put on the VMA. <laughs> <laughs> as it turns out, the VMA. That was just happened to be on. Like, I don't, it, wasn't, it wasn't on Sky Plus or anything. Um, like, so, but like you... Actively, I do like love the Smiths and sort of say I don't know Nick Cave. Actively, not like music. Not like actively, it just you're wasn't my thing when I was growing up. Absolutely different right. to it. It's just I some like sounds. it occasionally. I buy a CD occasionally or whatever you're supposed to do now. I download a podcast. I download a podcast. <laughs> I upload a CD. So like what we've got uh, when I asked eventually when pressed, you <laughs> oh, said I'll so play. Awesome. Oh, I like that song No Air by Jordan <laughs> Sparks. Jordan Sparks was one person at the VMAs who like she came on stage after I'd made some what some might describe as innocuous jokes about <laughs> chastity, innocuous, harmless, inoffensive jokes. Because what's so mental about them VMAs is that's why like, I, I was, me and Matt wrote it and it was like, right, let's just do something that's very easygoing, moderate, very accessible commercial material. Let's just, let's not rock the boat. We'll just, you know, we'll just do something that's very gentle, get this VMAs out of the way and then we'll get on with them films. And turned out that it's divided a nation. So, um, and Jordan Sparks. Maybe like, well, you should have done the good stuff then. This is, it, was, it was really, really fun. If you, you've not watched it, it's really, really properly funny and gentle, okay. and particularly to see something well, like that. Maybe you should have shown your true soul. Russell, why did you hold back? It was evident. It was abundant. It was there. But I think I tell you why. If you have a little look at the Bible in Revelations, it says like um, it's going to kick <laughs> off and the world's going to get divided in half when someone comes back. <clears throat> I'm not saying I'm the new Jesus, but look at the evidence. So anyway, one person who did kick off, and that's what I was thinking as well when people were going on about sort of like you know Christianity and that. And I thought I'm like deeply spiritual and like emanate from a point of actual love and wanting to change the world, not like 
selling records and moving units. Michel Foucault, the French philosopher, will tell you that uh, Victorian society was interesting because by making sexual abstinence the core of their society, what they were actually talking about was sex. They were making sex centrifugal to their society. And by marketing like Brittany or whoever or the Jonas Brothers as being virgins, what you're actually doing is focusing on sex. They're not having sex. They're not having sex. They're not having sex. That's It's just a marketing device is all it is. It's just a way of making sex evident and centrifugal. It's not about any kind of deeply moving ethos. I think if there is a Jesus, what he'll want is rage and vengeance. Right? What I picked up from the Bible is an angry Christ raging about at people having a bit of a giggle. So, uh, yeah, one person, though, who did step up, Jordan Sparks, after I'd said something like, sort of like light and frivolous that Richard Bryars could have said on ever-decreasing circles, she came, <laughs> up, she came up and went, actually, we shouldn't laugh about chastity rings because some of us ain't sluts. Equating the idea of sex with promiscuity. Anyone who's had sex is therefore promiscuous, right? Our next guest to celebrate 30 years of Grange Hill, perhaps Grange Hill's greatest ever character, Zamo Lee McDonald. Lee, are you there, mate? Good afternoon, Russell. Yes, I am. Woo! He's a blast from the past. He's come out of the toilet firing. He's like Butch and Sundance. <laughs> Hello, mate. Are you okay? What's going on? Oh, um, I mean, all sad that it's all finished, isn't it, now? We've all, Grange Hill's come to an end now, which is um, after 30 years. Mm. Um, but me and Roland still do stuff together. We still work um, and do some stuff, the hit show and that. What, like? Back in the 80s. I'm still stuck in the 80s. I drive a little Peugeot 205. It's sad, isn't it? No, I like you, and I think you're a really lovely representative of something that was very, very beautiful and integral to all of our childhoods. And plus, look at how upbeat you are. It's brilliant. So, <laughs> well, and... Well, uh, and people say, to me that you're not going to fed up with it or do you not want to talk about it and I just had such a good time doing it it was such good fun so I um I rub it on about it all day yeah good thank you but are you but inside are you fed up with it and you don't want to talk about it no 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 I um, but if we digged I, a bit deeper if we dig really deep would we would we find somebody who's essentially sick of talking about Lee, it Lee I should tell you now that that's Simon Amstel doing that coruscating interview technique <laughs> so not the do that. upbeat nihilism that you're used to from good old friendly Russ did Justin Lee Collins get you all back together Mm. Did, yes, yeah, and some of them didn't want to get involved, but... Um, yeah, I'd like I to do like... a show where we keep people apart and we just leave them as they are. <laughs> I think that'd be better for the world, though. He's always yeah, wanting to get everyone back probably, together. That's for a reason. Left, uh, left alone, but no, it was good fun, it was really good fun. Lee, come on, right, now, I want Simon to interview you a bit because Simon's a professional interviewer rather than a deeply self-involved man such as myself, so Simon will now interview you. Try and be a bit, like, lovely. L lovely. Try that. On, Lee, welcome to the show. Nice. I didn't do it's that. It's nice to be here. I, I never say that because the show isn't... Yeah, what is it, welcome to the show? You it's just you no... saying that thing. It's not <laughs> right. actual value. It's a well, very conventional thing. Welcome to the show that is just me saying that. It doesn't exist. So what do you say? Words. You say hello. Like All right, a... mate. All right, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, mate. <laughs> I'd like to say like that. Go on, but then carry on. So, Lee, um, I read that uh, in your youth you trained as a boxer. Ooh, I'm interested but in that. I did. I was, I was actually doing the boxing while I was doing Grain Chill, and mm. I wanted to be a boxer, not an actor. And um, I had a car accident when I was 21, and I couldn't box anymore, so it was uh, taken away from me. I started with um, quite a sad question there. What Sorry, worries me, Simon, that. is that when the, when the more you interview Lee, the more we uncover tragedies. Yes, in, yes, in, like, like, Oh, he's like this. He was on Cirque de Celebrity on Sky One. Oh, dear. <laughs> What was that like, Cirque Celebrities? Nice, was it? Or like, I mean, what happened? Do you have to wear a, a, a leotard? That's it was, yeah. It was, uh, it was really good fun because some of the outfits I actually took home and um, my, me and my wife um, had some fun with them. But 
I'm not nice. sure about the light club, to be honest, aren't I? But it was good. I'm frightened of heights, um, so it was a bit of a weird thing to do. But it was uh, it was good fun. I lost a bit of weight because when I'd done the Justin Lee Collins, I was really fat, and I got ribs galore after that. People said I looked more like Roland than Roland did. That's not. So um, mm. after that, I lost some weight, and obviously the circus and stuff. So uh, Roland's changed his hairstyle now, so he looks less like Roland because he's he's uh, suffered from male pattern baldness. But he seems to yeah. have been, he's wearing it well. But so he looks less like Roland. You're for briefly morphed into Roland, all that leaves is where the hell is Gripper? That's what. That's the only question that I. I know because he turned up at the. Um, he's a friend of Erkins, Roland's, and he turned up at the reunion, yeah. and he wasn't invited, but he just turned up, which is really bizarre. <laughs> that's mad. Right, it's like a bully would. Right, where's this reunion? Why didn't you tell me about it? Wow, it's, it's life imitating art. Simon's got another question, I can see he's all poised. Tell us about your cameo appearance on Birds of a Feather. Oh, golly, that was years and years ago. I, I played, um, um, I think I was a workman in a calf. And along with, there was another guy from Grange Hill on it as well, and I can't think of his name. Um, and we were just two workmen in calf. But I know uh, Linda and, and Pauline from Anishers. We went to the same drama school. Yeah, I like so, them. Um, I like them good people, Linda and really Pauline. Really good. Yeah, they're all right. Hmm, I wonder if we could get you to do something. What do you, like, do you have to, do you do a, a normal job? <laughs> what was that? Well, like, imagine we got him and made him, like, deployed him in situations. Can we do anything with him? Like, we could get him. I'm worried. I don't want to leave Lee. I He's like running him. a key cutting shop. He's all right. Oh, fair enough. No, Are you, is that right? I am. I've got a locksmith over in, um, in, in Wellington, and I'm here in between doing bits and pieces. We're doing a pilot called Cabbies, obviously based on Cabbies, in, uh, in October, written by a guy called Billy Penny. So, fingers crossed, I think come of that. What are you I... doing, acting? Sorry? Acting in that Cabbies? Yes, yes, yes. I play like a wheeler-dealer character. It's like an, um, a dodgy type of East London character. In EastEnders, though. Who? Go on, EastEnders. I, I just think I would be really good in EastEnders. That's a good thing to say. The thing is, you've got a lot of cultural baggage as Zamo. No. No? Because so, we had so Tucker. Bobby Davro, he goes. Yeah, well, they always have faith. Bobby Davro's not in EastEnders? Yeah. Oh, yes, my. he is. Is he? Yeah. Oh, have Zamo then. Have Zamo. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is great. No, all right. But what about the keys? I've got a key <laughs> that I think has got some sort of um, lock on it. Like a, Not a lock on it. Like a protector. Well, that cover bit on the handle. That's it's got, I think I'm, I can't get it cut. Because it's got some sort of identity thing on it. Is there anything I can do about that? Hmm. Right, it's probably a registered key. It's so a re that's what I mean, it's a registered key. Thank God um, Lee's on the show. You would have to come and see me and I'm sure I'll sort okay, it out for you. In Warrington. In Warrington. Okay. Simon, if you want your key to be amended, perhaps you'll make a brief trip to Warrington to see <laughs> Lee. Doesn't seem like too much trouble. Where is Warrington? Sorry. Even? Warrington's in just outside Croydon. It's not far. Not far. Not we'll far go straight from the show and we'll solve it. And I'm thinking of getting some, maybe some new locks feared. Thinking of getting a panic room. <laughs> I don't want to call it a panic room though. I'd like to call it the the jolly box. <laughs> I'll just go in there, be all jolly, rock backwards and forwards in my smudged eye makeup. Lit. That's perfect. I could come and put my Just Say No record in there, couldn't I? Yeah. Just, that would be cool. I didn't sing on that, so I've, I've not, not to blame for that record it's at all. It's a waste of you not to have used you. If anyone should have been Just Saying No, it was you. <laughs> Did it uh, have any effects on you, the Just Say No record wrestle? Did, uh, no, it made me, when I heard that just so now, I thought, mm. I'm definitely going to take drugs, yeah. definitely. He had the exact opposite effect. <laughs> but why are these people 
trying to put me off something which I secretly think might be a laugh. And anyway, <laughs> why would you just say no to anything? Mm. Give it a whirl. Don't just say no. Say just, like, say, just say, give me some more information and I'll consider I'll it. I'll make a just adult decision, or mm. actually in that stage of my life, a child's decision. On how this... could you take anything serious when Big Fat Roland's telling you to just say no? It just don't quite go, does it? No, because Roland was obviously saying yes to anything that came his way, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. Do you want do you want something else? Yeah, cake. All right, I'll have that. <laughs> but he, he was not. An ex he did not embody the, those principles. Sai. Uh, I don't know. You're thinking about your key and your key. I I'm thinking. Uh, you know, we've had a good. We've had a good time. Don't. In what this you section. want, Zamo to go I now? I think wrap it up. No. Wrap All right. Up. Simon's very. He's very conscious of what he's doing. He's conscious of time. I think. That I can, can't you feel the audience going? Okay. No, no, I don't. I forget. No. To tell you the truth, I forget there is an audience. Wow. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I, I know that's one of the laws of radio. Is remember there is one, but I think is there. Is there really? I mean, the podcast is doing very well. Doing People very well. Tuning in, everything's going fine. But like, and I think that's based on my churlish indifference to quality control. <laughs> um, Lee, thank you very much for coming on our show, mate. And I think we'll get you back in some other capacity, perhaps for locksmith-related problems. If you have got any locksmith-related problems, uh, if there's a sufficient number of interesting ones, we will get Lee back. Russell.bbc.co.uk. <laughs> Please, I, I need one because I've, a lot of locksmiths very unreliable. I've noticed really? flyby nights, yeah, ne'er do wells, cowboys, a lot of chances in the locksmith game. A lot of them don't know what's going on. Got their fingers in the till. All right then, Lee, nice one, mate. Nice <laughs> Lovely, talking thank to you. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Ta-da. See now, that, that was an example of how your interviewing technique just mm. plunged us into the depths of, of locks. I like the lock bit. What did you not like there? Boxing bit. Because Boxing, it made yeah, me it was feel very sad. They want to think about broken crash. dreams and I shouldn't car have started crashes. with that. I should have ended with that. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, But I only way. got these notes a second ago. I Fair enough. You, you know, did, I, I would have spent the night looking at these and, and coming up. But I'm sorry. You played a very good uh, round with the hand you were dealt. That's what I will say. Thank you. you also, I would have had, and this is quite trad, mm -hmm. but I would, at the end, when we said goodbye, we, dun, it dun. should have gone... Let's do that now. Oh, no. Or just say no. We can just... No, mm. forget Hold it. Hold on, forget no. It. But to be honest, can Hold I say on, this? Can I say this? I've done that. I felt the whole item was a bit, a, a bit sort of no Why? nostalgia. It's Wait, all it's a, a bit. Thing of spangles, though, yeah, it's that yeah, sort but, of thing, you know. Yeah, but he's nice, isn't it? Because we didn't nice. really spend much time talking about. Grange Hill particularly, we talked about the best bit was when we talked about locksmiths, I thought. True. Jolly box, why didn't nice we joke. just get on a locksmith? Alright. <laughs> nice idea. But I think we approach locksmithery from an interesting angle in, in many respects. Okay, uh, Simon, sorry that I passed wind during yes. the song No Air. It but was, I just uh, thought it might be an illustrative bit of gas. Who know? It was, what's nice is that... Uh, your diet is so healthy that it actually smells of fresh and wild. <laughs> <laughs> that is the interior of an organic food shop. Other organic food shops are available. We've mm. got to be careful of broadcasting law on this show. Um, okay, but I think on the line now is a pop star in waiting, the inventor of the Trigger Trigger, a man so interesting that Mr. G has picked up cans, that's headphones to you and me, to listen to what he's going to say. Please welcome voice of a generation, Trigger Trigger himself, Joe B. Oh, hello, Joby. Up and up, chugga chugga, chugga chugga. <laughs> hello, guys, how you doing? It's so upbeat. How can we not be happy? I'm really good, thanks, Joby. You in Los Angeles? 
I am. I'm literally standing on the roof right now of, uh, of the Los Angeles Film School on Sunset Boulevard. It's a beautiful day. Why are you on the roof there? Did you say you a sniper? What's going on? Well, well, no, actually, funny enough, I was terrified that the signal was going to go. And, you know, since you're calling me, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, if, I was to, if the signal was to cut out, it would be a tragedy, as I was halfway talking about the sugar sugar. So I thought, okay, I must be in a position where we have complete full signal where this conversation will literally, you know, yeah. it'd be fantastic. Where it, can be, where it can flourish and not be interrupted. Now, we have literally been inundated with emails regarding Trigger Trigger. This is from Carl from Manchester. Hello, Russell. Please, can you tell me how, where can I get a copy of the Trigger Trigger? I absolutely love it. It makes me mucho happy. I have searched everywhere. Carl, and he's in the Maudsley Mental Hospital. Now, he's not, he's in Manchester, oh, and he's, he's a Mancunian. He's a Mancunian, and he loves Chugga Chugga. A lot of people are saying that this is the new Britpop. That you, this is very much, you are Oasis v Blur in one man. That's, that's what well, a lot of people are saying. There's more Chugga Chugga information. Ashley says, Dear Russell, this past Friday I was sitting in my maths class completely not paying attention when my teacher's cell phone went off. I wouldn't have cared, but his ringtone was the Chugga Chugga song you played on your show last week before oh, the VMAs. Well, um, he must have nicked it. He's downloaded our, uh, because it's on our vidicast. You can see me and Matt Morgan doing a beautiful choreographed, well, it's not choreographed, we're doing the dance. That's one of the things, see, Simon Amstel is here with me, the brilliant Hello. Simon Amstel. What you would enjoy, Hello, I think... Simon. Hi, hi, Chugga. Chugga, no. Well, he's called Joby. Joby, hello, Joby. In a way, the way I sort of think of you as Buzzcock. <laughs> so, uh, you can define Joby very much by Chugga Chugga. <laughs> um, the, the, the actual truth of the matter, Joby, is that, um, that people are interested in Chugga Chugga, people from the record industry, right? Chugga Joby, Chugga. what is Chugga Chugga yes. about? Does it have any meaning? Of course it has meaning. Everything has meaning in life. I mean, oh. Chugga Chugga is essentially whatever you want it to be. It's like, you know, okay, uh, I'm having a really tough day. Oh, Chugga Chugga. Just, you know, whatever you want to be. It's, it's just about, it's about having that thing in life that you just don't have to care about. You know, when life gets too much, you just chugga chugga. Right. When you're really happy, you just chugga chugga. When you're really sad, oh, chugga chugga. You know, just, just chugga chugga. <laughs> life is literally about chugga chuggering through it. When there's a problem, you know, as Churchill once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. I said, if you're going through hell, just keep chuggering. You know? Churchill was not talking about chugga chugga. He was trying to get a nation through a war, Joby. And Mr. G, when uh, Mr. G, when you were talking about chugga chugga, and it's like when you're happy, chugga chugga. When you're sad, chugga chugga. He mimed injecting himself with, I presume, heroin, <laughs> because it's like that. That is, that is, that is uh, drugs are bad. Of uh, course, that is the mentality of a lot of drug addicts. Uh, life's good, take drugs. Life's bad, take drugs. And yours is very much chugga chugga. Could well, chugga chugga be? It's a sugar sugar could like be a drug. Drugs, just sugar sugar instead. Sorry. Sugar sugar right? instead of drugs. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm endorsing wholeheartedly your message. Now, what we're going to be doing in a minute, Joby, is talking to the uh, like that fella. Pete Waterman. He's a, like a record impresario or whatever they I call it. I love Pete Waterman. He's a good boy. He used to be on. Is he from Pop Idol? Pop Idol. Yep. Yeah. I think mm. he loves trains, doesn't he? As well. How do you know so much about him? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the Waterman. You know, you... PWL from the 80s and 90s. He produced some good little records. Rick he did. Astley, he was one of them. Yeah, Rick Astley, Sonia, Kylie. Jason, hell. remember Jason and Kylie? Especially for you. You're part of the lineage of that now, Joby. Joby, if we make you famous, I do want to sort of be in control of you. All right. I don't okay. want you breaking right. away from us. All right. We are going to own you in a way. So we're going to have to sign something. We've been together for two and a half years. You know, I'm all yours. I still want you to do my warm-ups. 
even if you become a massive sensation, you've got to turn up and do. Ch- oh, imagine Chugga Chugga as a warm up. That's going to be such fun. JB, I'm going to call, I'll t- listen to the rest of the show or listen to it when it's on the radio, and uh, we're going to talk to Pete Waterman now. So, JB, put your phone down and go back to being in Los Angeles. Do what you do best. Get out there and Chugga Chugga like there's no tomorrow because there might not be one. See you later, JB. Bye, Bye, darling. Bye. Bye. <laughs> there he was. Go on, Simon. What, what do you want to say about that? Anything? He seems like a nice guy. I think he's lovely. He's going to seem down, isn't it? Don't say anything down <laughs> about Chugga Chugga, because, like, let me tell you, people don't like I- icons being attacked. I've learned that <laughs> over the past week or so. Now, I believe Pete Waterman is on the phone. Pete, hello. Hi, Russell. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our radio show. It's very kind of you. No, it's a pleasure. We need you in a professional capacity. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what are you up to, Pete? Trust, well, trust me, I am a doctor. You sound like you're doing your flies up. You've got no, the, not the, at all. the air of a man sort of stood beside a canal weeing. Is that no, like... absolutely not. Oh, Pete, thank you very much for coming on. I'm here with Simon Amstel, Hello. the host of the popular quiz, Nevermind the Buzzcocks. He's here with me. He's helping me to host the Never show this me. week. But, uh, Pete... Yes, sir. Can I play you a bit of Chugga Chugga, the song that we've just been discussing? Because I think it might be part of the lineage of great hits that you've produced after last over the last few decades. I want your opinion on it and whether or not we can make it an international phenomena. Okay, okay. All right, mate. Here it is. The intro bit, that's not, this isn't the best bit, but you need an intro. Apparently, that's part of, well, you know, you're Pete Waterman. Bit of this and a lot of that. We all think that y'all real need so sing along with the chicken chicken bean. Up above, chicken chicken, chicken chicken, down below, chicken chicken, chicken chicken, to the left, chicken chicken, chicken chicken, to the right, chicken chicken, chicken chicken, up above, chicken chicken, chicken chicken, down below, chicken chicken, chicken chicken, to the left, to the right. We'll sing it all night, the chicken chicken. So, Pete, when you hear something like that, can you just use a cold, analytical, forensic eye to tell whether or not it has the required generic qualities? Well, it's got all the bits, isn't it? Has it, mate? Yeah, definitely. Can't understand a word, don't understand what it means, but, you know, that's part of the course, isn't it? I think so. Did you? I, I should tell you, there, there is an accompanying dance that is... I've done it myself, and it's fun. So right. It doesn't does... uh, include putting your hands around your ears, does it? Uh, well, I, no, Pete. This is a very much a celebratory song. Uh, there is like you sort of twirl your hands above your head when he's saying "Do it up above," and then down below when he says "Down below," and then so on and so forth. Depending, okay. it's like because you... you saw me by the canal wing. <laughs> There's a well. Actually, it's just the the doctrine of trugga trugga demands those movements. Now, Pete. Oh, right, right. Pete, I'd like you to endorse that song. Do you? Yes. You endorse <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You endorse I like it. That riff, it's, it's sort of walk this way, and it do 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 do. It is walk this way. What do you? How do you make something into a hit in a clinical, cold, capitalist way? What does one do? Work hard. Right, endeavour. But like, you know, what should that be our next port of call? How do we sort of? Well, saying something outrageous might help. Well, yes, I did that last week, and it has <laughs> scored me several <laughs> film roles. Right, and then people play the record. Um, okay, so uh, right, so we're going to get some attention on Joby Hart, and then uh, after that, w- is he good looking? He looks like a jelly baby that's come to life. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because because he's, he's called Joby, and he looks a bit like a jelly baby, so that's quite nice, I think. Yeah, that's good, yeah. I can see that on the front of the tabloids. I think... Uh, Therapy <laughs> makes number one. Yeah, 
Right, in front of the tabloids, a lovely human jelly. He's very warm, he's attractive. Also, I think that that song, Do You Not Think Children Might Like It? And Disco Crowd, as I'm forced to call them, because Simon Amps was actually in the room. Absolutely. <laughs> I can see your grandma such doing a, that. Such a very old, Brilliant. old opinion of my people. <laughs> your you know, people, look at him, he's the chosen one. Pete, thank you very much for your tacit endorsement of the song Trigger Trigger by Joby Hart, which we'll be, uh, we'll be pressing forward with. I think we might associate it to some charity so that it doesn't seem so mental what we're doing. So that's Absolutely. probably a good idea. Which charity? I don't know. That drugs. Matters, drugs. Probably a drug charity. Yeah. Mm, children. Drugs for children. It's a whole new thing I've dreamt up. It's going to be crazy. Um, Pete, thank you very much for coming on the radio. Oh, you've got a book. What's your book, Pete? I've got a book out called uh, Trainers for Life. It's about model trains. Why? Are you, what, you're really into trains and stuff? 50 years I've been modelling this year, so I put a book out of all the models over, that I've collected over 50 years. Pete, I'm ashamed to say that when you said 50 years I've been modelling, I imagined you strutting down a catwalk in a lovely little dress. Well, um, not quite. And frankly, well, that image was... Manchester today signing books. Oh, Pete, uh, right, so you're doing a book signing. Where are you doing it, mate? In the Trafford Centre. Trafford Centre. Pete Warmer's book. What's it called again, mate? A Train is for Life. Mm, good. <laughs> okay, Pete, thank good, you. Good. Fa thank you very much. I can understand why you'd get into that. Rhythmic, melodic, and get into trains and stuff. Why not? Get into that, then. Let's do that Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Do you Pete? like big trains as well? Yeah. Mm. I've got 17 of them. Big trains? Like, yeah, real ones. Real You've ones. got big, real trains? Yeah, steam trains. Where? Oh, yeah. Well, mostly in crew. No, oh, I do yes. have them all over on the preserve. Well, I used to own Flying Scotsman. Well, hold on. Do you drive them around or are they not on tracks? What's going yeah, on? they're on tracks. Of course they're on tracks. That's amazing. See yeah, what absolutely. happens if you ask a question. Incredible. <laughs> You've got into a whole new area. Hold on. Do that again, Simon. How are you at the moment? What are you up to, Pete, apart from the book? Woo! <laughs> He sounds like a DJ. He is, he is. I don't, <laughs> this is all incredible stuff. No, I'm a recluse. <laughs> He's a reclusive <laughs> celebrity. Reclusive DJ. <laughs> wow. such a thing. Well, Simon Amstel is the living embodiment of it. Go on, do another question, Simon. How is, how is Lauren Walterworth these days? She's great, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a bit exclusive. I don't understand what that meant. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? An artist that Pete once recorded with I interviewed near a fish tank. <laughs> Right, you've gone solipsistic. Pete, thank you very much. Let's get Pete's book, but also let's get Joby Art to number one. Thanks for coming on our radio show, Pete. Thanks, Russell. See you later, mate. Take it easy. Cheers. Ta-da. Mmm, interviewing, eh? Yeah, it's something, isn't it? Go on, interview me for a bit. Go on. Russell. No! <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you, The Doors. That's how I start every conversation anyway. I'm here oh. on my Russell Brand radio show with Simon Amstel, very kindly guest hosting with me. I Hello. love you, The Doors. I love you, The Doors, I too, Simon Amstel. I am very fond of you, Simon, you know that. Simon and I are doing this... Uh, I'm fond of you, let me just say this. Mm -hmm. I'm fond of you. Yeah, I know, because you do send me texts. Let's not just be doing media things. Let's keep a friendship, a genuine <laughs> friendship that no, exists outside of media. Well, it would be nice to talk to you when it wasn't being broadcast once. I don't like talking if it's not being broadcast. What's the point? I'll just write something down. I was very touched. You know, I did that charity gig for you that you didn't ask me to do, but I turned up anyway because I had nothing else going on in my life. Yeah, yeah, I just put out that you were doing it. I just started advertising without asking you. Yeah, focus um, 12. Yeah, that. And then yeah. as a thank you, you sent me a, a lovely teapot. Did I, you like it? I did, and then I realised you had not chosen this teapot. I actually did. I went to Fortnum and Mason's with Tom, my PA. <laughs> 
chose that teapot. I think it was my idea, even. Was it? Might have been. Because I felt like, hang on a minute, this isn't. This is the PA, and the the only time I met this PA is when I've been drinking tea, and he thought that's what I do in my life. So an Emsley, he strikes me as a tea drinking kind of guy. <laughs> oh, am I not allowed to mention that? Hey, don't pigeonhole me as a tea drinker. I like a whole host of beverages from around the world. Sometimes I have hot chocolate. You don't drink booze though, do you, Simon? Even though you haven't even had the common courtesy to develop a real glamorous drug problem like some of us. <laughs> no, but your PA did call me uh, from LA to invite me to an AA meeting with you. <laughs> yeah, thinking I was another Simon, I guess. Yeah, there's another Simon. Well, let's who not name will him. Remain anonymous. Yeah, but he could be anyone called Simon. But it was really. nice to just nice to hear from someone. Yeah, <laughs> reaching out to you for him. I was like, oh, I could get on a plane and come, but I hope I'm not an alcoholic. Now, G earlier on, poet laureate of the show, and uh, some would say spokesman for Black Britain, <laughs> uh, gave me this thing. Tell us about what this thing is. It looks to me like a key ring. Describe it to me and what it means. Basically, G I'm doesn't even get his own microphone. Not even the microphone. This guy. This would guy. Be on the, he would be. He uses mine. We share it. Unbelievable. Yeah? Black and white. You're not invited. Everybody in Ivory. Yeah. Basically, I was invited down to uh, Sussex Convention of Nurses. Why? Because I had to write some poetry for them. What is your life? When he's away from here, <laughs> listen to this. Every time I see him, oh, I was doing this thing in a prison. Like he goes mm. into prisons and does poems. Juvie, he goes into juvie, things that you don't even think exist outside of films. Oh, I was in juvie. When now look at this nurse convention. I've been alive ages. No one's ever invited me to a nurse convention. There was no cameras and there was no mics. <laughs> <laughs> this nurse convention, what is it? A reality show? What? How does it work? Is it, it's an award ceremony, is it? Yeah, actually, yeah, basically all, all the nurses in Sussex, they were just like talking about like things in the system. Nurses do a very, very good job and they gave you a key ring. Wash your hands, it says on it. That's what it says. What do just, they mean by that? Just for you. They could have given you one that just said wash, but they did the one with your hands. Mm. Right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, it's always been, I've always been irritated by the fact that I was once in hospital after what can only describe as a glamorous rock and roll style injury received while performing comedy at the Edinburgh Festival where I was probably attacking the system or something and got into a fight, right, and all my leg got all gashed up, right, and I was in hospital and for quite some time and I'd not long before that, seen a documentary where it said sometimes nurses uh, have a lapse in professionalism and manually stimulate patients in their beds if they find them attractive. Now, I was assumed that that would at some point happen mm. to me because mm. I looked great. I was a bit smothered in blood and high on heroin. But that aside, I was a million dollars in that bed. And not one nurse even attempted to put her hands under the sheets. And they wonder why the NHS is in trouble. <laughs> I'm not paying my taxes for this. I've been lying in the bed, dolly birds wandering about, no one's touched me. Them nurses, G, did they express any kind of interest? <laughs> they, they expressly said, give him that, they wash your hands key said, ring. Give, it, give him that, wash your hands key ring. And all the past misdemeanours where they didn't satisfy yeah. your needs, Yeah. you go down to Sussex, you'll be sorted. Sussex. Righto. Sussex, you say. Okay, well, thank you, G. That, that's from, like, I'm probably going to go to Sussex after the show and get myself wounded in some manner, probably around the loins. Simon? Yes. You all right, darling? You yeah, look, no. uh, You're doing that little face you do sometimes when you're about to judge me. What's your, got a little judgment you want to do? Go on, judge me. Judge me. 
I think you're lovely. What a lovely guy. <laughs> Thank you very much for your well, you know, well done. Well done. What's that? Getting off drugs? Look at this radio too. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Here it's going are. really well. Here we are. Do you remember when we first met, we were just in a shambling East End warehouse, yeah. modelling dodgy clothes. Actually, they were quite good clothes by junkies, I recall. Yeah, yeah. And now, here we are yep. in a different room. A different room? <laughs> a, this one's got a carpet, so that's nice, isn't it? Now, I would, like, there is an item that I do on the show called Gay, but I'm terrified to do it because of your reactionary tendencies. It's simply a problem. What's the item? How does the item work? People email me a gay problem, and then I give them advice and I see, solve you see it. what you've done there. What have I done? In your radio show. What? What? You've put the word problem after gay. Oh, you see no. what you've done there? Yeah, I've suggested that gayness is in itself. Yes. Now let's put the, put the word problem problems. after some other words. Let's say Jew problem, <laughs> black problem. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? I there? do. We're being overrun by minorities. <laughs> no. is going, I see the problem now. Enoch Powell had a point. Enoch Powell. Enoch Powell. We are not laughing now. We can't go in the street. I'm scared to leave the house. I'm living in terror. Twitching like a mouse. There's gays over there. There's immigrants in here. He not pal. Despite another queer. He not pal. He not pal. He not pal. 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 I could go on. You know. Look, he's not saying that gayness is inherently a problem, but just within the world of gayness, there could be. I like all people, and gays fall under that umbrella. So there Here's we go. This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that gay people don't have problems like every other human being, mm -hmm. and we are human beings, Russell. What I'm saying is that in the context of this show, yeah. you've, you've put the word gay next to the problem, problem and that's it. I think we might be able to allay your fears when you hear the jingle. Let's play the jingle. It's because I think you're going to feel pretty foolish, Simon. Once Russell's the... regular item. Gay! Yeah? <laughs> I feel a bit better now, mate. A bit embarrassed about making a stand? Come on, let's read out the item. Hello, welcome to my regular item, Gay. This week done under excruciating pressure from a non-conventional, non-stereotypical gay, my mate Simon Amstel. Dear Russell, Matt, G, Noel, and in this instance, Simon Amstel. <laughs> this is from Sacked Chimney Sweep. This is going to be a brilliant problem. Go on, I'm ready. I'm a gay man and last year I bought a composter for my garden. It worked well and produced some nice compost towards the end of the summer. This year I've done nothing at all different to last year, but there is no decent compost to speak of coming out of it. What should I do? I thank you for considering my gay problem. Mm. I understand. So the humour lies that he, this. Well, actually, normally no. This is just a, a man who happens to be gay who has a problem with his gardening. In this instance, yeah, but uh, like, but yeah. sometimes it's more related to the sexuality. Is that I what you're prefer saying? it when it is because it gives me a chance to focus on what is doubtless my own latent homosexuality. So in this case, though, the man has got a problem with gardening. We've said we'll help. We'll help him. Go on. Uh, well, all right, mate. Uh, what you got to do, right? Get, I don't know. Get another one. Who cares? Compost. It don't matter, does it? What is compost? Just a load of old stuff, old eggshells, dung. Pfft, stop worrying. You read it out. You could yeah. read these things before the show and Never. decide then. No. I won't do it. No. Oh, I'm prepared, Simon, to listen to your advice on when doing an interview, ask <laughs> questions to the person you're interviewing. That to me was avant-garde and intriguing but i think this show has a certain charm a certain shambles a certain i agree shouldn't I say it's quite. fun it's a laugh isn't it? and You've it's not conventional laugh. and it's nice and i agree and uh, whenever i'm sort of nudging you it's out of love <laughs> yeah, i know i know i feel that in that nudge love now uh so mate uh compost i don't do you know anything about gardening Simon? No, no, no. anyone in this room know anything about gardening no one knows anything about it, I'm afraid, but I know... Isn't there a programme uh, on this radio yeah, station called Gardeners Question yeah. Time? Yeah, yeah. Look, mate, 
you've come here, you've used our forum that's to help legitimate gays, and you've come here with a problem that has nothing to do with having sex with someone of the same gender. Now, if you start Maybe he's sex, trying to make a point about do that. Do you think that he's Maybe trying to make a point? Maybe that's his point. He's like saying, it. look, I'm gay and I've got a problem, but it isn't about that, man. What I admire is his subtlety and the fact that he's not banging a drum like a nagging witch. <laughs> A stance that you might like to adopt, Simon. Now, well, listen, mate. You know what, Russell Cool Gardener's question time. Well, people would forget mm. about mm. you because you bang on about all your drugs and all yeah. your womanising yes, and all the yeah. deep-seated problems from your childhood, <laughs> is that you're essentially a heterosexual white male. <laughs> oh, right, so I'm like a... Like... You're the man. You're basically the man. Hmm, I am the man. I've knew that. And not, in the, and not in a Richard Blackwood way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the same initials. Come <laughs> you, on, perhaps I am the you new are Richie Blackwood. You are the most powerful. You know, you're demographic. A, I'm a white man. Yeah, I've got loads of money. You're not an outsider. I am a bit because of the revolution. Come on, the revolution which will never happen. It might. Ah, oh, right. That's what Matt says. There will. It be will a never revolution. happen because you'll be busy. <laughs> Somebody else could do it. Who though? Who's Somebody... got the charm, the charisma, the style, the finesse, the je ne sais quoi? Là. No one's that into it. No one's into it enough. No one will commit. Look, I'll get myself to not. This is look my plan. You might not be into it, Sai. I'm into it. Go on, go on. I'm going to get really, really, really famous. Really famous, right? How much more famous do you want to be? So that everyone knows who I am. Then I'm going to go. This has all been a bit daft, hasn't it? Life. I've got. I've read a book. Apparently, we've got a whole new system. Then I'm going to set up these series of Soviets where people live without currency or without religion, but sort of a, without a kind of. Uh, a very vague, non-specific idea of unity, peace, meditation, vegetarianism. It has to be vague. If you listen to any political speech, whether it's Hitler, mm. Blair, Kennedy, you've got to be, you've got to be vague. Sometimes people go, well, how will you do that? Who's going to collect the bins? Just be vague yeah. and then set up a whole new system, probably the first one on an island, then uh, recreate that all over the shop. But who will collect the bins? Uh, well, I don't know. We'll probably have compost, actually. and uh, oh, so everything's recyclable. Everything's recyclable and then there's compost you have an urge. Let's. I'm. I'm imagining. Yeah, go because on. I saw um, that Joan Rivers lady the other night. Yes. Seventy-five on the stage. Okay. And she said, "I have. I have to do this." Yeah. I think you will be like that. You'll have to just perform for the rest of your Can't life until you die. That be my speeches that I give. Like, you know, they'll be because like oh, so I was, speeches. I, I was yeah. watching Obama doing a speech, and I was thinking, "Well, this is a bloody good speech, mm, good. but not as good as me." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, so, man, I'm not saying I'll think up the policies. I'm just like, I'll be very much the Freddie Mercury front man. So uh, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Okay, you know? well, look, I'm, I'm well up for it. I'm, I'm already controversial. It's a bloody good start. All I've got to do now, get a few causes together. Bish, bash, bosh, revolution. It will happen. It's inevitable, really. I don't even have to do anything. It's happening. I'm just riding a stream. Some swami told me my ego and narcissism are gifts from God that I can use in the service of revolution. Now, I, I drifted off after that. He said something that seemed important. <laughs> I, I came on the telly and I don't know, I, I got distracted. Okay, so uh, anyway, listen to Gardener's Question Time. You know perfectly well that there's a better way of solving that gay problem. Here's another one, M from Manchester. He says, Russ, I need some help. I'm a young man with a huge libido like yourself. I find it hard to be in a monogamous relationship, therefore don't enter very often. I fell in love with a beautiful Brazilian transsexual. I'm bisexual. So once we did a show where we really attacked bisexuals because we thought, like, like say we went, bisexuality's wrong, bloody bis. Right, because we sort of think like... Where's the reaction regroup to that? Because you can't, you sort of unite. It's just cake and eat it, society. What? Well, if you're a bisexual... What's wrong with you? Well, then you can't... But <laughs> 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 well, bisexual is just saying I want to have it off of everyone. Oh, that's nice. That's convenient, mate. You're, this, this is like comedy from the 80s. No. Why is this nonsense? No. 
Bisexuals are people. <laughs> yeah, I know they are, but you can't like. But I just thought it was kind of funny. Imagine the idea of what, like, under the irony umbrella, bi- the yeah. Jimmy Carr irony, irony umbrella, where everything goes. <laughs> yeah, and just no, but also in a legitimate way. Like you couldn't go, you know, we bisexuals, we have a hard time because like it's sort of they do have a hard time. Yeah, but that we generally catered for in the homosexual arena for like, that kind of militant You're activism. Insane. Go on, then tell me what the specific problems are of bisexuality that aren't generally covered by. Oh, it's just prejudice against people not being not like having a conventional sexuality because not only are you part of an oppressed minority you're mm. not even part of one of them you're split between two Good. you don't feel like you belong but what a payoff you can have it all from anyone oh, that's you can't a have it off idea. anyone you could be a really horrifically ugly bisexual and also it's not about having it off you ultimately want love and so you find love with one person then there's still urges for an other gender entirely very difficult they do need some sort of group, I will admit that. But God. they can have a group if they want, these guys. But what I will say is, you know, come on, they're having a hell of a... They're laughing at us, aren't they? The buys, really. They're having a jolly good laugh at our expense. They're out there, oh, I'm an ugly buy, and all I want is love. If you're an ugly... That's just... Well, I don't understand what that's got to do with bisexuality. What you might, Like, we're in a loving relationship, and then you just decide... That's the same as me, except the person I want to have it off with will always be a woman. I don't... That, that's that's not always, specific to their sexuality. I would agree that, yes. But essentially... It's it's innate, and that you shouldn't. Uh, yeah, but I go. know it's innate. But like, you know, everything's like loads of things are innate. I don't mean you can't have a good, jolly good chuckle about them as long as you're not sort of being dis- like. Why, but why are you saying they're greedy? You don't want to have sex with men. <laughs> why, is, why is it affecting your life at all? Now listen to this. Come on, we'll solve this lovely bi Let's fella's solve problem. This. Let's solve this. Problem. I fell in love with a beautiful. Is he a black bi fella? Because then we go to the guy in the corner of the room. He doesn't even get a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> He's poet laureate. He don't need a microphone. He's not, concentrating on his poem. Yeah. Which you'll see at the end of the show. Yeah. Now, come on, listen to this. Like putting someone on the back of a bus. <laughs> Not even a microphone. We've already done that poem. We've done Rosa Parks. She's been mentioned, dealt with. She's a, made a bloody good stand. <laughs> Ironically. Because what she wanted is a seat. I fell in love, says M from Manchester, with a beautiful Brazilian transsexual. I'm bisexual, but generally I have straight relationships. We are not yet, me and the uh, Brazilian I've just mentioned, in a monogamous relationship. My transsexual G- GF girlfriend is now illegal in this country due to a visa if she's caught and deported she is unlikely to ever get a visa again and i'll never we'll never see each other i will be torn away from her and i love her i've mm, oh hello i'll be torn away from the one of the few people i've ever loved by british immigration i have the choice to marry her so she may get a uk passport however i'm worried that she may be using me for the passport if things weren't complicated enough she works as an adult actress does that mean porn probably and is accustomed to using sex to get what she wants definitely i've been hurt before in relationships ain't we all dear what shall i do shall i marry her but if i do it may spell the end of our relationship as she may then achieved her objective and no longer want me. I wish to remain anonymous due to the illegal nature of my problem. Michael, or is it Dave from Manchester? Well, what a tricky and, may I say, sexy problem. What are we going to do, Si? It's down to us. It's you and me. We're at the cold face of problems here. This is a problem about love. It's not about gender. It's not about sex. It's not about what I see is a sort of a Brazilian hermaphrodite in a sort of a sparkly sequin dress with all plumed feathers on, sort of going cha 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 across his bedroom floor with a, you know with all the kit, everything you'd want. Is she is she pre-op? Uh, oh, I didn't mention that, okay. but let's say pre-op. Well, this is about love. It's about love, and uh, can he trust uh, <sighs> can he her? Trust? I'd say if he has doubts about trust, then he can't trust her. 
I sort of think, like, from our perspective, though, this either way, it's not going to really affect me. So I say marry this <laughs> transsexual, because that would be much better to see what happens. If he doesn't marry her, she goes back to Brazil. Pfft, that's no fun. Marry her. Marry her. And then we'll see what happens on the show next week. <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> Get him right oh, in, I say. I mean, well, you say because it's about love, be all sensible, don't marry, you might get hurt. But then, you know, life, you're going to get I'm hurt, agreeing, you're going to die. I was going to say marry and see what happens. If my... I, thought, <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're so sensible. This <laughs> is <laughs> such a lovely broadcaster, Simon. Thanks. Uh, what I think actually... And, yeah, and human. Well, I've, no, I've not noticed. I don't know. I, I tried to see you in terms of a professional project. Last time, so I met your flat the other evening. You, oh, and... Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I thought oh, it's nice to go and see Russell. Yeah. A woman peels out of the bedroom. I've got to make polite conversation with her <laughs> while you go and talk to David Badil on the phone for half an hour. <laughs> what, like, what happened to our dinner? <laughs> I did give you a dinner. Oh, yeah, sort of some cardboard boxes. You slap some organic <laughs> vegetarian food on a plate. Delicious. And then you want me to clear it away? <laughs> you, you didn't contribute. You just sat there. I guess. But I think, hold on, mate, I know you well enough you do a bit of tidying up if you come round for dinner and to oblige you to talk to a woman that you now know as well as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Having spoken to her for half an hour, which is actually more than I've ever done. Wow. Was she nice? What sort she of was person? really nice. Was she honestly? You should sleep with her. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I took care of that. All in all, this is a very good show. I mean, it's brilliant. This is avant-garde. This is it. This it's is very the future of do it every week as well. Isn't it? All the pressure I'm under mm. of work. Yeah. I'm doing different films. I come here out of good faith and yeah. what I can only describe as an exorbitant wage and <laughs> do this show. Fan the Ting Ting's Simon Amstel sort of thing people say on a radio show and here it is happening. Uh, like, uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, fun, Get right? into it. Yeah. I see them at uh, VMA Awards. Nice they were. So uh, I believe... How did that go, the VMA Awards? Ah, oh, the VMA Awards. Yes, it was fantastic fun. Very good. Uh, it launched me as a star. Got mm. me a lot of film roles. A bit of controversy from the Republican yeah. right and the Christians. Yep. Probably, uh, you know, I won't mention it. But just to quickly tell you this from the Daily Mail. Russell Brand has not been sleeping... This is news. Actual news. Not like... A this is not a novel. Russell Brand has not been sleeping well. During times of stress, he's prone to grind his teeth at night, which keeps him awake. <laughs> the purpose-made gum shield he wears to bed is not helping. His friends say late nights at his rented house in Hollywood have seen the British comic slumped in front of the television, flicking channels, his trademark tumbleweed hair flat and lank, and his coal-rimmed eyes smudged and puffy. Right, that gum shield is Invisalign for my vain requirement of perfectly straight teeth. It didn't, although it would help you were you to have grinded. Not because I've got mad chattering teeth in the dead of night, sat trembling. And that, that house in Hollywood, Bet Davies used to live in it and Dinah Ross, is lovely there. I'm having a lovely time and I scarcely watch the telly at all. But the Daily Mail should be applauded for this mad novel written by Paul Scott. So, in a way, well done. But let's not forget that the Daily Mail, when asked in the old past, is Hitler a good idea, promptly responded, yes, <laughs> we actually like Hitler. So, in a way, the Daily Mail are Nazis. If I mean, it depends on what your view is of liking Hitler. I always thought, for me, Hitler and the Nazis are always pretty much synonymous. You can't ever say, hey, don't judge Hitler by that whole Nazi thing. Yeah. He was also, he was a good guy. You he made him sound like a banner, Hitler and the Nazis. Hitler and the Nazis coming up now. Josie and the Pussycats. It's a crazy war. Um, okay, so... Sorry about that bit of bad press. What's that, mate? Shame. Oh, this bit of bad press, yeah. Here. It's a shame. 
Well, I suppose it don't matter really, because being disliked by the Daily Mail in a way is it's a ringing God, endorsement, wonderful. isn't it? If the Daily Mail like you, it yeah. does mean you probably are Hitler. That's, <laughs> that's what, like, you know, look in the mirror. Are you Hitler? Yes, I am Hitler. Oh, so I will be liked by the Daily Mail. <laughs> well, yes, that's one of the Hitler benefits that you will be receiving. He also, was Dutch, of course, fleeting glory, Austrian. Yeah. Why so? Oh, right, because that actually, oh, I see, yes. No, very good. No, yeah. That was actually a perfect Hitler. Now, um, <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, you laugh about it, but I've actually recreated the Fuhrer live here, or, or, or pre-recorded, on the radio. So, uh, <clears throat> you're listening to the Russell Brown Show live on BBC Radio 2. I'm not live, no, pre-recorded, pre-recorded. Sorry, I'm just so used to saying it. It's not live. For heavens, don't fall into the trap of thinking this is happening now. I'm with the brilliant Simon Amstel. Mr. G, Poet Laureate of the show, is over in the corner, beavering away, perusing what's been going on. And there's a lot for him to think about. Zamo. Oh, who wouldn't have enjoyed yes, Zamo? Oh, oh. Help me help you. Hello, uh, is that the Dorchester Hotel? We're just, uh, is that the Dorchester Hotel? That is correct. I, um, my name is Russell Brand. I'm a comedian and uh, entertainer. I'm trying very hard to get in touch with uh, Dieter von Tees. Uh, for the most noble of reasons, I'm helping her to promote something. Can I, can I speak to her, please? One moment, please. Let me Thank have you. a look for you. Have a quick look. We're just trying to get through to Dieter. What does that mean? Engaged or ringing? Ringing. Dieter Von Tees. I've got like. Remember? Hello. Hello. Uh, is that you, Dieter Von Tees? This is Russell Brand. It's not Russell Brand, but I'll put her on the phone. Mm, I am on. Russell Brand. She can't deny that I'm Russell Brand. I know. You are I am. Russell Brand, but hold on. I am not Dieter Von Tees. Oh, God. Now I'm confused. Nice, I'm, I like are you already hitting on my, um, my manager there? Well, I tried my best to come across as courteous. I mean, that, that could be... She's really hot. Is so she? You might want to. Describe yeah. her, if you don't mind, Dieter. She's blonde. Oh, God. Very young. Oh, no. And really powerful. Oh, she has blue eyes. Blue. And um, a great, great ass. She's got all the attributes of any wife I could ever, ever wish for, <laughs> Dita Von Tees. I figured. Although I had long nurtured feelings for you, as I'm sure you're aware, after my, uh, what I can only describe as a answer phone campaign to woo you, which uh, I'd like to apologise for. Totally backfired. You know the reason I didn't answer the phone is I was at the pharmacy, like, buying Magnum condoms, like, just every one they had, because I was waiting for my date with Russell Brand. Oh, and no. I was so ready, and my arms were just full oh. of all these, like... You were... Sex toys and condoms, and I couldn't pick up the phone. Oh, so... you were laden with condoms and sexual I was, toys. I was ready. Dita, I really would have liked to have gone out with you and hoped that it might lead to, if not sex, then some sort of other learning or an orgasm <laughs> of some kind. I, w I wasn't really specific about it. I just wanted us to spend some time together. <laughs> did I, I handled it badly, I suppose. You really blew it. I did, I did. That's I'm like, like a little fluffy rabbit. You can't scare me away so soon like that. That was like... Ironically, I get on well with fluffy rabbits because I, I, I approach <laughs> I them with such caution. They know I'm a vegetarian. They sense the tenderness in me. Dieter, I wonder if you might be interested in giving me a second chance. Society has, after all. Will you? I know. I mean, it's already in the press everywhere that we're romantically linked. We've been romantic. You don't have to do much to be romantically linked with not someone. Really? I well, guess not. Apparently just... not. To occupy the same hemisphere, it can be <laughs> translated as a romantic link. But for me, in terms of my the, the journey to orgasm, which can take hours, I should let you know oh, that gosh. I need more than just hemisphere contacts. It's, there's got to be some sort of. It's difficult for me this situation actually, Dita, because 
the truth is I do actually fancy you and on some level I'm trying to chat you up but realise that this is literally the worst way to undertake that by trying to do it on a radio show. It's probably I not going to work, is it? I feel so used. Mm. Oh. Well, sorry, I'd reacted badly to that. So, hold on, Dieter. Right, let me, right, I'm here with my friend Simon Amstel, who's Hello. a brilliant broadcaster. Uh, he's been instructing me how to conduct myself in a professional okay. fashion, and I'm going to try and do that right now and hope that you find uh, me alluring because of my professionalism coupled with the sort of faint air of danger mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. may uh, attribute to me yeah. after the recent okay. VMAs, kind of radical, sexy, liberal. I kind of think that if you fancy uh, fancied uh, Marilyn Manson, who is, of course, a very brilliant performer. Surely there must be a trickle-down effect to me because I kind of occupy a similar cultural space, but, like, come on, I've got really... I don't really... know, I've kind of swung the completely opposite direction oh. now, you know? What, so what sort of man are you looking for? Because I can change, <laughs> Dita. I can change. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd like to see you with a hair not teased. Okay, I do look a bit I'm going to give you, like, better. a short haircut, like a normal mm. guy haircut. Like a normal person. Right. No, okay. What about a hat? Maybe you. a hat. Mm, I don't want to. I've got a hat. I can't you wear. You can wear a hat. a hat. Would you be interested in a hat? If he was wearing a hat. Yeah, but I keep imagining it'd be sitting like on top of your hair. No, I like, wouldn't do three that. Feet above your head. You no, know? not like a little bonnet, Dieter. I'd wear it right <laughs> to the right to the scalp. I'd wear it vacuumed <laughs> to the scalp, Dieter. <laughs> My scalp won't be able to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it would be stifling. <laughs> oh, look, look, okay. <clears throat> now, this bit is the professional interview, and it, but it will be interspersed with me trying to seduce you in right. any way okay. I can. So, Dita Van Tees. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, listen, you're a person whose uh, sexuality is placed at the forefront of the way you are perceived publicly. Does that put you under a lot of pressure when you're in an actual sexual situation? That's Dita. a very good question. <laughs> Um, I don't think so. I think I think I'm I'm good at it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think I'm really good at sex, but of course, it's not like table tennis, is it? Because you have to like there has to be some sort of form of uh, co- collaboration with sex, really. That's true. I, I I believe in chemistry. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that say I definitely couldn't live up to my reputation, but it's because you know it's all about chemistry. It's all about chemistry. Think? Yes, I do. In time, I'm sure there are people that would say that you were rotten in the sack. Probably because sometimes, as well as a man, you can lapse into terrible selfishness. Like sometimes you'll sort of think, mm, "This looks like it's going to be a long journey to orgasm. I might <laughs> jump out now, as it were." You know. H- have you ever done that? Have you ever just like said, "Forget this isn't working for me. I'm out of here." No. What I will do is just. Expediate the process. Right. And I believe in the follow through too. Very much. I was talking to my girlfriends about this the other night. Oh, yes. Saying, like, what do you do? You just say, mm, this isn't really working for me. I'm going to leave now. Or do you just play it through? Just play it through. That's I mean, you've I started. I mean, it's not like, you know, you can't rewind the clock. We're not time right. travelers. Once, uh, once the act of coitus has occurred, you can't really go, well, that'll do Apparently for me. Apparently, you can. What? You can reverse time, you're saying? Well, some people just walk away and they're like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'd feel so hurt and spurned by that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I would recover from someone actually stopping having sex and saying I'd prefer to be in a cab feeling guilty you and used. I can't imagine that happening to you. No, I, I don't I think... I love that. That's good. I mean, I, I can imagine it. I just did. And it was ghastly, I must say, Dita. Because mm-hmm. sometimes... Don't you think as well, right, um, that sometimes people will try and impose a sort of pseudo-sexuality on a, situa- on a situation to try and seem more cool? Like, for example, with me, sometimes you'll get someone, they'll sort of bite your lip a bit and go, ooh, oh, yeah. That's what I'm I hate dangerous. Me too. That's someone not authentic. Tries to be sexy, like that's the thing about burlesque. It's like you can spot it from a mile away if someone's trying to put it on. Right. It's got to be legit, authentic core sex, yeah. right? Hmm. Yeah. That's why I think we should go out of each other on a date. 
because <laughs> I think I can pledge that. Although I would feel a bit nervous about well, the actual sex, I would then override it with my animal magnetism and connection with the universe. After that radio incident, um, <sighs> which is not like this radio incident, really, mm, but all it? of my female fans, and you know most of my fans are female, yeah. they were all like, please, Shag, Russell Brands, you can tell us all about it. They really were. I have tons of emails. And then I thought, well, maybe you were you putting them up them. to it. You owe them. You owe them. I know, they friends. really want to know. Did they put you where you are and they can destroy know, you, Dita. <laughs> they can destroy you. They can be fickle, them fans, Dita. Let me tell you, over I've divided a nation in two not long ago. One side's got 10 people in it. The other side's got an army in it. That country is America. The, the ceremony was called the VMAs. I'm Russell Brand. <laughs> Dita, yeah, well, I think you owe it. Not only so it's okay with you if... if if I just tell everyone detail by detail exactly how it was then. You have that kind of I, confidence. It's okay. I do going in. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, if it went, if say it went, say that we did actually have sex now, and like, and it hadn't gone that well, I'd be going, oh no, actually, Dita, could you not tell everyone about this bit? Not the bit where I tripped over your rug and banged my head <laughs> on the corner of a table, my erection wilted, oh, and I, I would, went, oh, Mr. Everyone. <laughs> Let's tell them everything. Uh, um, well, look, I will be honest with you. That there's many things about which I am dubious and shy, you know, about sort of about my character. But like my sexuality, particularly with someone who also has a, a, a vibrant and liberated sexuality, I'm pretty confident that it would be quite good. I'm pretty confident. I mean, obviously, again, it's like, you know, sort of, but also, you know, you can't say like when they do, they build a best in the world football team and they put like yeah, 11 yeah, of yeah. the world's best footballers. That might not necessarily be the best football team because there might not be chemistry. So you can't guarantee right, it. Right. You but, know. you know, I think that I am the Cristiano Ronaldo of certain sexual <laughs> positions and I bloody well like the opportunity to have a go with you, the, who I believe to be the Lionel Messi of uh, sexual intercourse. Two of the finest players and also there's a lovely image of those two men having sex if you want to meddle with huh. that in your mind. As I don't a even know who you're talking about now, right now. Well, to tell you the truth, those images were intended for the listeners where the image of me expertly manipulating your body and playing you like a cello, making you forget okay. your own name and see only right. sound and hear colour, a sexual synesthesia, a glorious escape, suddenly the mundane rendered a requiem of sexual glory, infinite life, eternity, the universe all joined together in one explosive moment of orgasm, suddenly death defied in the petty mort. If you're up for it, Dieter, I'd, I'd know how to do it. Copyright Russell Brand. That's Russell Brand. That was good. Yeah, do you see that? That's just what. Yeah, that's just language. That's imagine what I could do with uh, right. an actual Willy. <laughs> well, I don't have an actual Willy, so. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm sure I can persuade someone <laughs> to bring one along. Uh, I've got one that, that I can keep in a handbag. Okay. <laughs> it's very useful. I, you know, it's a, a pocket cylinder thing. It's a, a lot of fun. Um, I'm quite amorphous, and uh, I'm a changeling. I'm going to change the world. Perhaps you should go out of me. And what I can only describe as a bit of a risky date, where I sit pie-eyed and agog, looking at you, occasionally saying pseudo-byronic things, until eventually you think, oh, I might as well. Right, well, I already think I might as well. I might as well. <laughs> you can have well. no better endorsement than <laughs> I might as well, with the kind of casual indifference that one might smoke a B&H. <laughs> I might as well. All right, you then. quote me on that. Yes, no, no, I will quote you on that. But also, I might uh, ring you up and try and chat you up in a serious way because I think, surely, you have sensed that amidst all this hullabaloo, I am quite alluring. 
She, uh, yeah, she's definitely yeah, so satisfied. I, 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 that's why I gave you my phone number in the first place. <gasps> oh, no, I'm out of my oh. dick. I was so curious. Right, I'm, really... I'm single, I'm wild, I'm trying to be more like you. All right, I'll go out of you, definitely. You've convinced me, Dita. <laughs> that's it, it's on. Okay. Well, oh, Dita, you're that probably... That was before the radio call. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That was childish, I got swept up in it, I was, you know, I was foolish. I couldn't handle my emotions. I can change, Dita, and if I can change and you can change, maybe the whole damn world can change. Rocky Four. Dita, I believe you've got a book out that I'm promoting now well, by saying that. actually, <clears> what I have is I have some lingerie out. Oh, bras! So, do you want to talk about bras? Yeah, I do, actually, because a bra will turn me on just on its I... own. Yes. Like, say I see a bra on a washing line or kick to the side of the road, I will pause to think, Oh, look at that bloody bra. So what's this bra that you're promoting, what's so unique well, about it other than it's going to have your amazing <laughs> boobs in it? It's not going to just have my amazing boobs. I made it for you, mm. for all the women of the world to rack them up just for you, Russell. So is it like a balcony bra? Um, it is. I've designed a collection for Wonder Bra, and you know. Well, actually, Wonder Bra and I are, are in a wrangle at the moment because I think they are deceitful and have many times tricked me into situations I would not have been in without <laughs> underwiring. No, no, no. That isn't what I agreed to. Oh. What is, where? Oh, no. Come on. No, hmm. I'm designed a collection of lingerie because, I, you know, I used to be a lingerie sales girl. I used to fit ladies in their bras when I was, like, 15 years old. So, um, of course... Did you? Yeah, that it was my first job. I was a lingerie sales girl. Did you sexualize it or did you keep it nice and clinical as um, one ought? A little bit of both mm. because, you know, I was working in a fancy little lingerie store, so I was selling... You didn't ever say four during that process, did you? I think a bra measuring girl should never say four at any point. I think that would undermine your authority hugely if you were to do a Sid James cackle and then, like, perhaps make headlight gestures. Hmm. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever did anything like that. Dita, your bra collection and lingerie range, I'm going to mm -hmm. go out now, purchase all of it, and I'll, I'll model it myself if I have to, if that's what's that required. That good. Okay. So I endorse it roundly. Good deal. I'll, I'll go out on a date with you, but you have to wear the bra. I'm there. Uh, thank you very much for coming on our radio show, you beautiful <laughs> woman. It's been lovely talking to you. You're really jaunty Pleasure. and fun. I'll change for you, Dita. I'll change. Okay, I'll 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 think about it. No, no, you've agreed now. I can't. Right, I did, I did already say yeah. I might as well. Might as well. There <laughs> it is. A, a pledge upon many upon which many marriages are founded. I might as well. From <laughs> Devon T. Say that again. Thank you very much, my love. Okay, thanks. Talk to you later. Tara, love. See you later. There she goes, Devon T. Oh my God. God. What's your problem, Amstel? Oh my God. I see you started playing with a microphone. I thought, oh, look at me sulking. I should involve him. He's done me a massive favour coming on the show. But then I thought, hold on, I'm actually going to get to go have Devon T. Simon Amstel and I've got a bit of history we've got enough in the bank I can probably leave him there for about 10 minutes to incubate what do you think mate? Aren't you a bit embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> no, not even slightly. Because I mean, it's fine. It was like at the beginning, it was like, oh, jovial. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, oh, sort of would like to go out with you, actually. And then, then ten minutes later, we're still sort of... It's like some sort of terrorist <laughs> negotiation thing. I know, but it's worked, hasn't it? It has worked. But That's the thing about terrorism. And in the end, you, what was works. clever about you, you went, I will go out with you. Like, you were agreeing to her. Good, it? <laughs> I did the switch. I did the switch. I, I the will. see switcheroo. I'm you wooed me, Dieter. You wooed me. Okay, Dieter, I will <laughs> allow you to navigate my complex genitalia. All the remains for the rest of this. Well, Simon, you've, how have you found the journey of this radio show so far? What do you think of it? Tell me, the, review it. You're a, you're a 
brilliant cultural commentator. Well, thank you. No, I, I, I truly believe that. You're very aware. You've got a very unique mind, a lovely perspective. I really like watching you on telly. You're a talented man. It's like sometimes, you know, when I've done that uh, Focus 12 thing, there was, I was doing some stuff with Noel Fielding. I was thinking, bloody hell, I'm actually on stage with Noel Fielding. He's really amazing. Then introduced you, wow, Simon Amster actually came in. Then I saw James Corden and Matt Hunter. Wow, wow, I was all really excited about it. So I do think you're really brilliant and great. So I'm interested in your opinion. Now, what have you thought of it so far? This show. Bloody awful. Isn't it? Come on. <laughs> no, it was, it was nice, wonderful. It's free form. It's lovely, isn't it? It's good. It's nice. And, you know, no Radio 2 Russell Brand show would be complete without a conversation with Noel Gallagher. Mm. That typically takes place towards the end of the show. Today is a show like any other. Here he is, Noel Gallagher. Are you there? Yes. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you. I'm here with Simon Amstel. You're aware of Simon. Have you met him before? Simon Amstel. Mm. Yes, the name rings a bell. Gosh. He does buzz cocks. You know that. Oh yeah, that little fellow with the with the with the mop top. Yep. That's him, mop yep, top, lovable. Yes, he's quite funny, isn't he? He oh, is quite funny. Nice. He's been good on the show. Lovely Noel, and we're over that first difficult <laughs> bit where we wonder if Noel will say something offensive, and then Simon will have Gosh. to respond, and I have to like a family Christmas. It's all gone wrong. <laughs> well done, Noel. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Are you okay? What are you up to? What are you doing? Uh, I'm sat out in uh, in the back garden actually, getting a, getting some rays. Well, in London or in the countryside? No, in uh, Buckinghamshire. Is everything all right? Is baby all right? It's uh, yes, he's just gone back for his mid-morning kip. He's cool. It's his. It's his. Well, it's having a little birthday thing for him today. Uh, well, I've actually been uh, hassling people to get him a present because I'm going to get him a present because you sort of made it quite clear. I've sort of realised that I've got a. a... Don't get him a sex toy. No, I, I mean, that was what I thought at first, yes, but uh, I, I'll admit I discarded the idea of a sex toy thinking, well, he is only one. <laughs> might, might make me look a little bit odd. Hey, guess what I've just been doing? Chatting up Dita Von Tees now. Oh, yeah, I've met her a few times. She's all right, isn't she? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I turned it around. I think I might be able to go out on a date with her. That might, the feeling I'm left with, I don't know if this is because I'm madly optimistic and drunk on self-belief, but I think that she might go out with me. Well, she's been out with Marilyn Manson. The standards aren't that high. Right, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was hoping on. I was thinking low standards is a corridor through which I can navigate a bit of How's Your Father with this woman. Mm. And also, she seems she strikes me as being a bit bright and like she'll probably be a right laugh. I'd have thought so. Yeah, of course she will, of course she will. Although it could be a situation where, like, when the actuality, I sort of think, what if, when it comes down to just two people in a room sort of thinking they're both under incredible pressure to be good at sex, I, I, that's a tricky situation to get an erection in, I would imagine. No, that's true, yeah. That's true. At least I can think, well, look, at least I don't have to worry about the Simon, other one. Simon got an erection now, there's just you two there? No, 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 I certainly wouldn't have an erection in the broadcasting house. <laughs> Simon's a very traditional broadcaster in many ways, a lot of respect, although he's you know, quite iconoclastic and mm. will d disrupt and destroy people's reputations if he considers them to be in any way foe. He is actually also a very respectful young man and an erection in broadcasting house I don't think is within no. his remit. Terry wouldn't do it. Terry wouldn't do it, of course he wouldn't. Terry would do it. No, Terry might, actually. I think Terry probably has. I mean, because, like, he's, in that, the, what he's the thing he said about me in Heat magazine was something like, uh, oh, I met Russell Brand once, we did some bondage stuff, I'll give him a good thrashing. So well, Terry Wagner said that. He said that about me, yeah. <clears throat> oh. Some of the better press I've received over the past week. Why not ask him all about him and no. his tour and stuff? Go no, on. go on. Uh, oh, oh, actually, we've not. There's loads and loads to talk to yes, Noel Gallagher about. And a man pushed him or something. That bloody lunatic man. You've not talked about that properly. Come on, do you want to talk about it? Can you be bothered? Are you in the mood? Go on, talk well, about it. There's a legal case going on at the minute, so mm. the less I say, the better. I think. Right. Well, I'd just like to say 
that sickened me, that nut. And if, oh, if, if I see, if ever I see that nut, I'll, you know, I will roll my eyes. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't the best thing that's happened to me on stage. I've got to say, it was a bit. It was. It was. It turned out to be quite an annoyance. I've yeah. Got two, I've got two broken ribs from oh. the game for about six weeks. Oh, it's ridiculous, really. That you should have to suffer that. I know. Poor soul. But anyway, just think. Think of it as a nice opportunity to spend some time, not only with your lovely son and the rest of your family, your daughter and whatnot, but also a chance to talk to me for a little <laughs> bit longer. And I would like to come round your house. And do what? Just, just you know, drift around unchecked, snooping. Just stand in the corner and look like a vampire's lampshade. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. I'd like to look like a vampire's lampshade in the corner of your house somewhere. That, I think, is something I'd rather enjoy. And may I say, thank you very much for uh, sticking up for me during the subsequent hoo-ha from Republicans and Christians after the VMAs. I it appreciate was quite it. mental, wasn't it? was a bit mental. That thing that you showed me, Noel videoed something on his camera phone from CNN, like where they're going, Russell Brand, bad hair, bad joke. This guy should be thrown out of the country on CNN, like the proper news. And then, like... Uh, there was like sort of people going, he spoke about our commander-in-chief like that in a negative way. And it was all like balmy. No, and then it's lovely because Noel's videoed it on his camera phone. You can even go, F off. <laughs> <laughs> While he's watching it. It's like a lovely director's commentary. Yeah, well, I, I, they, just, they, just, they just show themselves to have not a very great understanding of humour, though, don't they, that, that lot over there? Yeah. We're talking specifically about the Christian right part of that country. Yeah, daft way to take life. Silly. Cheer up a bit. Have a little bit of a laugh. That would be yeah, my advice. Particularly the people in the... But you could tell anyway, you've oh seen no. the people oh looking no. around that room at those music awards, and it's like not one don't, of them... Don't say anything, because planes... No, well, it sounds like it's a helicopter heading towards your garden, oh. as if to censor us. I live near a flying school. Do you? Yeah? Little, little, little tiny little planes go over now and again. That's fair enough. That's all right. We don't worry. Yeah, I don't think there are any real threats here. <clears throat> go on, what was you saying? You're sticking up well, for me you, again. You, kind of, you know, when you were doing that thing, you look around the room and you see the people in there, and it's like not one of them look like they're anything other than corporate idiots, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what to do about life. This Once I've had it off with Dieter Von Tees, I'm really going to knuckle down into this revolution. I've got to say, though, I was quite... I was quite um, it was interesting that you decided to take that tack of slagging off George Bush, which is a bit, a bit of an easy target. You just should have done your stick you've been doing for the last ten years. You know? It was only a laugh. I thought I really thought like, yeah, do, I was going to do my stick, but I thought like, ah, oh, this would be all right. What I really thought was, this is sort of an innocuous thing that everybody thinks this will be okay. No one will notice that. <laughs> it's like, what? It's yeah, like only, really only the like, see, only the likes of Chris Rock can get away with all that. Oh, I know. The little, little skinny fella from England comes along and starts telling it like it is. They don't like it. They don't like that, mate. Not the Christian right. It's only a very small, very vocal minority. Let's remember that. You know, let's not judge a whole country. Also, in a way, it did provoke debate and conversation. The very thing I was trying to do as part of my revolution for freedom of speech, Noel. So that's quite good. And when I watched that, it's funny because when I watched that uh, YouTube thing of that lunatic shoving you, like, uh, like I was saying, like, anti British sentiment spilled over today when the band Oasis were attacked by Russell Brand hating Canadians, oddly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, why did you get a bodyguard while you were in LA for two days, then? Well, because I thought in case, like, a it's mad who... Yeah, came to get you. I thought, yeah, might, like, I thought, like, a white race supremacist loony might come and kill me. So I thought, get a bodyguard. Plus, it's quite nice, don't you think, to have a bodyguard, because you think I definitely won't get beaten up unless I annoy the bodyguard. What was his name? Boomer. Uh, no, one we had was called Roe. He was a nice fella, black fella, old Bill. He's like LAPD. Right. 
it's good to have them on the team because you think you know if anything does go wrong because it's black. they're quite corrupt <laughs> no, no, i'm in lapd oh, yeah. although yes black as well because he'll appreciate my liberal views <laughs> surely surely all black people are liberal right we can make that <laughs> assumption can we uh, i mean for example robert mugabe he's <laughs> like a right rule laugh the famous liberal <laughs> he's all right isn't he yeah. he's up for a bit of fun no basically do what you want kill those people <laughs> ah robert mugabe can i ask a question Go, oh no. yes yeah, simon wants to ask you questions this, simon. this might sound um Cheeky. Um, uh, I'm recording an episode, the first episode of the new series Nevermind the Buzzcocks on Tuesday, and Harry from McFly has pulled out. I wondered if you might be available. It's particularly I, when you pose um, the question like that. I, you know, I like that programme, but you don't, I, I often think you'd get me to do that thing where you have to do the do those tunes. Oh, no, you could be, be the one, you could be the one um, guessing what they are. Wouldn't that be a treat? It would be a treat. Harry um, from McFly has pulled out now. Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday, I'm around on Tuesday. Yeah, okay. Do the one I'm doing. I'm jealous. Do the one I'm doing. That's in, a, that's in a month's it? time. I'm doing it in a month. Come on the one, because I'm going to be a team well, captain. Need, Harry from McFly has pulled out, Russell. Harry, you, can, you can't replace Harry from McFly with Noel Gallagher. <laughs> I won't allow it. You're replacing with someone else from McFly. I'd go on Russell's it's, team. <clears throat> right, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Me and... Oh, then I'll feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, in case anyone bullies me. Then I'll have Noel with me. Mm. Yeah. No, do you know what? I'm going to tell Dita Von Teese to, to come when I'm coming or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come between then. me and Dita or me and Noel. Right, yeah, that's it, Noel. Right, you come... Because like, as part of the pact of getting Simon yeah. to come on here to, uh, what, to stand in for Matthew, I, I had to Where agree to go... What's you, wrong with Matthew? He's in Los Angeles. He'll be right. He'll be back soon. We'll have a conversation. We'll work it all out. He's in Los Angeles, isn't he? Yeah, what's he doing hanging out with his missus? Hanging out with his missus in Los Angeles. <clears throat> He'll be back soon. He can't stay out there forever. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Not anyway, with all so that anti-British sentiment. This <laughs> Tuesday. He'll be whooped out. This Tuesday. You'd arrive around... Oh, no. Three. Jonathan Ross is coming in. He's going to get his willy out. He's got a really massive... Oh, he didn't do it. Jonathan Ross... Just while that was happening, Noel, Jonathan Ross <laughs> came and stood in the doorway. And friend... Jonathan Ross, on the way here, right? I see Jonathan Ross. He was driving along in a vintage Morgan car, probably like Mr. Toad, in driving gloves, smoking a cigar. Honestly. And then he claims that he doesn't do acid. Right. What a ridiculous claim. He's a Wind in the Willows character. Yeah. He's living in a fictional universe. Stop hassling him to do the truth. You don't have to book guests. You've got a lot of I pressure do. on it's you. It's really hard. Is it? You have to book the guests because you've well, booked me already. You've done well. I know, but you are not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I know what you're saying, Simon, but in a way, <laughs> I am. I am literally everyone. No, no, yeah, do the one I do, yeah, no? Yeah, I'll be up for that, definitely. They are, see? Okay, good, all right, okay. Do you know any other pop stars there for Tuesday, now? But what, they're free on Tuesday? Yeah. I guess all my band are free on a Tuesday if I'm free. All right, what about your brother then on Tuesday? He'd be brilliant, wouldn't he? Yeah, there you go. Don't wind him up, because he, he reacts violently sometimes to stuff yeah. like that. I'd be a, a delight. <laughs> yeah, yeah you'd be brilliant. Um, I, I don't know, I could, I, could, I could ring around. Have a ring around, and then I'll, I'll get my people to call your people. I really That's like right. that you're so diligent about your programme. <clears throat> like, we sort of, this show just sort of tumbles out of people's mouths. I know, and then you get Noel, who you've had forever, which is wonderful, but you yeah. also end up getting Zamo from Grange Hill. Hold on, Zamo's <laughs> lovely. I mean, <laughs> Noel Gallagher, thank you once again for providing much-needed class to this radio show. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm coming across a little bit... What, a rude? little bit shaky this morning. I'm very strong painkillers. 
Oh, mm. you're not shaky. You're really brilliant. I watched the last video, vidicast, bbc.co.uk. Look at the vidicast. It's me and Matt doing a dance, this chugga chugga thing. There's some good bits with Slash, but the funniest bit by far is when like I asked Noel on air, goes, "Oh, can I come out to uh, t- uh, t- tonight? I'm a rock and roll star. When I come out to VMAs, it'll go." Yeah, he goes, "Yeah." Then they'll have then the people at the VMAs will have a person they've never seen coming out to a song they've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> this beautiful moment of meaninglessness at the start of the VMAs. <laughs> All right, don't drink with those painkillers. All right, take care. Bye, Simon. Nice to meet you. Yeah, oh. thank you very much. Bye-bye. There he goes. Oh, he was so polite and lovely. I love him so much sometimes. Um, you uh, uh, tried to drag him onto your show, but he has agreed to do the one that I'm on. Sorry that I hijacked that a bit, but I'd get bit. jealous if uh, when Noel does things with other people. What, like Oasis? I hate it when he does that. <laughs> oh, there he is again. Bloody hell. Nepotism, because that one's his brother. <laughs> Typical. Okay, right, Simon, thank you so much for doing the show. You've provided class, structure, wit, enthusiasm. You've made me think about prejudice. I've learned so much. I'm a better man. Admittedly, my throat's terrible now, because I'm ill. That's not the sort of thing I ever mentioned. Why are you ill? Well, I got cold. I don't think it's in it. <laughs> I don't know. It's the beginning of the end. Um, I, let's, uh, thank you for agreeing to do it. I will, now, as part of our Buzzcocks pact, I will come on the Buzzcocks. I will be professional. I'll be brilliant. And we've got Noel Gallagher now on that show. That's good, yeah. Oh, the first uh, show starts soon, and Mark Ronson's the team captain, so that's fun. Brilliant. Also, Ponderland soon on Channel 4. No. But to, uh, second series? Oh, there Get you go. Out of here. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> Since that BAFTA nomination, they're throwing series at us. Okay, so uh, to summarise this fantastic show which i would like to simon i can't thank you enough please welcome come and do it in your normal mic but that's very polite of you simon to offer him that one please welcome poet laureate of the show mr g okay this poem is called freedom on a half shell freedom of speech decrees all one and each shouldn't wish for permission to be given to reach if it's forgiveness you seek or a collision to reap test the waters test the land test the valleys and peaks to reclusively speak on the revolution elite pop the bubble free the grasshoppers break the wind that's released the waterman believes for chugga chugga to peak that's what virgins on the conspicuous conditionally seek different techniques compete for bisexual critique let's add race to this jolly box and a grain chill plot is complete from Dieter von Teese to simon ansel russell's teeth chatter to greet them i guess that's the release of speech that exposes the cleavage of freedom there it is it was all there every element of the show there flayed before your very eyes it rhymed mr g whether he's in a prison or a nursing home that man is bringing liberation freedom and lyricism to everyone he meets okay simon again thank you very much for doing the show thank i you. love you <clears throat> oh my throat oh christ my voice that's a tall trade. mr g's offering me a banana surely the solution to any problem but which orifice so many decisions thank you very much simon you've been delightful thanks thanks have a lovely day enjoy, oh yeah no i will enjoy the football I shall enjoy the football. You've been brilliant. I do love you. Yeah, you're fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Don't be so neurotic. You're so lovely and talented. You're fantastic. Thanks all of you for listening. Thanks to all our guests. Zamo the locksmith. Noel Gallagher as always. New bird, Dita Von Tees. Hello. That's exciting. I wonder what happened there. I wonder if she would reckon I'll... What? Simon, intuitively, do you reckon she's going to go out of me? Yes. I think, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> she will, though. She will, because I'm persistent. Oh, will you please read this? This, this takes us into the news, Simon. <clears throat> this is Simon taking us out of the show. The Russell Brand Project. Sorry, the Russell Brand Show. <laughs> it is a kind of project. I'm not real. <laughs> the, Russell, the Russell Brand Show is a vanity project for BBC Radio. Oh, so your own, we produce uh, it ourselves. Your own production company. Do you see how we've moved? Good move, good move. Mm-hmm. You're like Chris Evans at the height of his megalomania. <laughs> this is BBC Radio 2, <laughs> online on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. News! Da da da, bloody hell, news!